Kevin, tell me some something. Tell you something? <laughs> yeah. Tell something, me something good. What kind of something? So there's this restaurant that closed near me that I really like. It's a German restaurant. Oh, dude. And that uh, is like tragedy upon You had tragedies. to get a reservation to get in. Oof. Right? And uh, this is Tyrolean in for people. What? No, Tyrolean's not closed, is it? Yeah, it is. No! I know. Tomorrow. <laughs> Tomorrow's the last, last night, right? So. No! Yeah, so it's closing. Yeah. Uh, so you had to get a reservation. There's people coming from all over the place, like in Lederhosen, and got turned away. Yeah, yeah. describe this place for the audience, for the uninitiated. Why? So it's like, it's like very like oldie and kitschy and like like heavily uh, German, like in like kind of like a fun cheesy way. And the yeah. people who work there feel like Twin Peaks. Like that's like that's what Aaron's description. <laughs> Dude, Twin Peaks. And he's it, totally if right. there was a German restaurant on the show Twin Peaks, it would be this. It place. would be. <laughs> it is the most like 1970s German style built in America restaurant ever. Like yeah. wood paneled walls, really low ceilings, <laughs> yeah. thick yep. carpeting, and just tacky cuckoo clocks and every German stereotype you can imagine with, like Kevin said, the employees dressed in Lederhosen and the best beer ever, the best beer on tap ever. Yep. <sighs> I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm heartbroken. I'm, I'm, heartbroken. I'm a beer enjoyer as well. And, and the fact that that beer on draft, which is the beer that I like, is Erdinger Dunkel. It's a dark heaven vice. And it's going to be no longer available on draft destroys me because that there's no i live near a bunch of microbreweries who are famous for fancy beerness and i don't think any of them are nearly as good as i i'm so. heartbroken dude i'm heartbroken wow uh it's the only restaurant i like in you guys's neck of the woods uh, coming from from a big city with a variety of things that is a restaurant that is an experience i can't find in in the big city uh it's i feel like there's probably stuff like that in the midwest so maybe maybe oren's got like a tap on something with similar vibes but like there's nothing like that in california except that place so so i have a question for you guys going off of that because i heard twin peaks and this is a very twin peaks style restaurant do you ever walk into like a location and the location evokes the main theme song from Twin Peaks immediately. You're just like, like, for example, you go to Niagara Falls and you just see the waterfalls and you're like, Twin Peaks. You just hear the, the theme or something. That baseline. Yeah. I did. I did have that once when going um, like hiking sometimes in, in like Henry Cowell Park. Like sometimes I'll have moments like, mm. of like that where I just I kind of think of the theme because just like the intense woods around you just right. kind of invoke that claustrophobic like insulated feeling or yeah it could be, I, if I you don't look actually at, oh what's up <laughs> what, what, what it, yeah go ahead i don't I'm, I'm hoping that if i other than other than that restaurant no but i do hope that if i go to the pacific northwest maybe i'll feel <laughs> some of that like look around for the lodge you know <laughs> every time i look at like a stack of timber i'm like doesn't yeah. that show give you such like a feeling? It's like it's like a it's like a it's like a it's like a universe, like its own place that Truly. has all these feelings and things about it that make it so itself. Truly, yeah, yeah. It's it's weird because it, it evokes a lot of comfort, but it also evokes a lot of terror at the same time. Terror and trauma. You know? Yeah, yeah. Just, just unease, unease, very uneasy. Right. Mm. Yeah, there's a little it, mold under the shag carpet. Yeah, and God forbid you you hear that Mary's eat oats. Uh, my girlfriend says anytime she looks at a fan, she always thinks of Twin Peaks, and it kind of creeps her out. <laughs> the fan in that show is there's just those shots. It just yeah, 
Damn. Fan? Mm-hmm. At least the shots outside of Laura's room of this other fan. Is it a ceiling fan or like yeah, a... Yeah, it's a ceiling fan. Oh, okay. well, doesn't it carry a lot of significance, especially in uh, yes. the movie? In the movie, it does. Yes. Uh, I won't spoil what it evokes, but it evokes something. <laughs> also, every time I see a Ford Bronco... Uh, yeah. I, 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 I don't Definitely. I don't think of a police chase I think of Twin Peaks yeah also uh, um, Twin Peaks the returns especially whenever I see a slot machine I definitely think of Twin Peaks now <laughs> yeah so yeah. we were going to go there yesterday with some friends um, and uh, we ended up not going there because we didn't get a reservation so I, ha- I did end up going and I get to I get to have my final beer but um, we went to a pizza place and the place was super packed like there was some some event happening and we found one spot that had a someone's jacket on the like on like the table not on the table like on like one of the benches and we're like is this being saved like i'm like i don't think yeah. so i'm just gonna take this like there's no one here no no they were and, saving it well can is that is that what's the rule here this is this is like a curb enthusiasm moment like who who defines this it's not written down there's no okay. hey if you put your jacket here's how on you it, determine the curb your enthusiasm laws of physics you say what would larry say if larry had done it if larry had put his jacket on the table he would say that's basically his property so no i think he would i think he would be me he would sit down and say you weren't here no no if he found the jacket but if he put his own jacket if he was the actor right so what did what happened so we sat down yeah and some guy came up and said hey that that jacket's been there for 15 minutes this hasn't been anyone i'm like okay it's been 15 minutes Hmm. What do they wait, they put their jacket they hold this for three hours what's the mm-hmm. what's what's the cutoff here how long can you have yeah. your jacket here for <laughs> so we sat down and then i told the dudes i'm like hey there's no one this jacket's here i don't know what's going on with this jacket but but like there was no seats anywhere in this place otherwise right and we had already ordered food so we sat down and then uh i went to go talk to my friend who was ordering food at the counter and came back and my girlfriend was sitting there and no one no one showed up so i talked to the guy again i said hey no one take the jacket it's been 20 minutes like are you guys gonna take it now and he's like i'll talk to my manager in 10 if it doesn't happen and the guy who was uh, adjacent to us there were like basically a line of booths was like oh hey that's my jacket it must have fallen over the back oh my <laughs> god like, oh, oh my god this is so it works out perfectly like you accidentally <laughs> saved us a table like ultimately is what happened here <laughs> oh that yeah. is funny that's, that's a good payoff to that story yeah. that is that is that, that is that is a good clinch yeah so i don't know funny events of, of going into the world and not wearing a mask which also feels weird of not wearing a mask oh. specifically yeah <laughs> yeah there's like there's 50 people in that restaurant there so hmm. yeah I just just but when you don't wear a mask just watch out for the wanton jackets like they're everywhere yeah <laughs> uh was yeah. this upper crust it was not upper no it wasn't upper crust it was uh a place downtown i can remember the name of the, all the beers uh fire not firestone no they, it's like woodstock's Mm. Oh, Woodstock. Of course that place was slammed. Yeah. When is I, the worst pizza and it's always I I, I won I won the, the, this glass from a trivia night there. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Woodstock's like a really hip and happening spot. It's it's the college spot basically. It's because <laughs> <It's the, laughs> of the beers. It's, it's where all it's the teeny boppers go. So we both we yeah. all got liters of Scrimshaw and it was it was like, oh this isn't quite Tyrolean, but it's still pretty good. Scrimshaw and draft. Good stuff. Did you try to get a reservation for like tonight or tomorrow? No, or so tomorrow's it, the done? final super party for Tyrolean, and then today it's going to be Mania. I, I'm, like, considering maybe going today. I don't know. We'll see. I would, if I were there. If I, Like, I'm just glad go that every I got day? to go on it. I would, I mean, I'd, I'd hit one of those, you know, yeah. 
That is yeah, a one-of-a-kind place. I, like there, I, 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 I don't think I'd we can known. emphasize yeah, how particular of a spot this is. And the food now is really good. Mm-hmm. used to not be that good. It used to be like the beer and the sort of weird, kooky, um, kitschy ambiance is what you went there for. But now the food's good, too. So, yeah. It's a tragedy. Uh, it's, a, it's a huge loss, dude. I'm really, I'm devastated that there's no replacement. There, it, no. It's, a, it's a peerless restaurant. Yeah, I, I would uh, concur with that. Uh, ben, how you been? Uh, Ben's been pretty good. Uh, how you, how you been or how you been? Ben's, how you been? You know, ben, Ben Jammin. How you, you know? been? Just... It's how you been? How you been? How you been, Ben? Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. Hey Ben, how you been? It's been good. Uh, pretty much, pretty pretty mellow, pretty f- damn boring to put it n- nicely. Um, yeah, just waiting to go back to work in a month. Uh, I'm, I'm set to go back on the seventh of next month, and I'm pretty mm-hmm. stoked. And that reminds me, Kevin, I, I could not find, I could not remember where I put my my clamps, and then I was like, oh wait, oh, they're they're, here. At, they're at Kevin's place. That that's where they are because I was looking through the garage, I could not find them, and yeah. then I th- th- then this little inkling happened. I was like, oh yeah. They're at Kevin's place, yeah. So I, I've got to remember to get those before I go back to work. Otherwise, I'll be fired. So It's yeah. funny because I see them poking up like next to the bathroom. And I'm always like, man, if I was to slip and fall on this, this would be like Final Destination. Like, full on. <laughs> like, <it's> just, like... <laughs> you got bear traps in your house? What's going it on, It just Kevin? feels like I'm like, uh, my girlfriend's like, that's ridiculous, Kevin. I'm like, I know it's ridiculous. I just... I don't know. My brain just works this way. I don't know. It, it was all because I, I was just, I was trying <laughs> I was to help you guys that. out, and I left those there, and then I hear yeah. that Kevin gets skewered on one of the clamps. God damn it! <laughs> it would not okay. be a good way to go. I don't think. God damn it! Yeah, but otherwise uh, I've been I've been good. So, not not too bad in this neck of the woods. Welcome to the show. This is episode number seventy-five. Which, uh, not to make a big you know a lot of fanfare out of it, but seventy-five episodes. That's uh, good work, guys. I'm Strike impressed. up the that's, band. That's, yeah. It's a lot of work, yeah. This, uh, is probably, this is probably only like my 40th episode, so it's not that special for me. No, no I think this is like your 50th something. You've been here since <laughs> yeah. like episode 24 or something. Yeah, you've been here for yeah. a long time. This is yeah. like my fifth episode. Yeah? <laughs> you're getting in there. Yeah, you're getting uh, in there. And, and we're not calling you the guest like it is on uh, on cinema. You know how like Greg Turkington's always like the guest? And he's like, you know, it's right to be my, in my seat as the co-host. And he's like the guest. Like anyone can fill that seat. <laughs> Is it <that> like five <laughs> or six seasons in? <laughs> Still called them the guests always. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Lord. I love that show. On <clears throat> cinema. Band. Um, okay. Uh, we this podcast is is being recorded a little early because I am going to be having a child come into this world this week and will not be around next weekend to record. And we'll probably be really sleep deprived and tired next weekend. So if there's any weird news or exciting shit that we're not going to talk about, that's why. But briefly, let's talk about Gotham Knights and the. Uh, the it's kind of like the first strike in the 30 FPS war that's that's maybe about to happen. Gotham Knights yeah. says, "Hey guys, look. Even though even though we're cross gen, we can only run at 30 FPS. There will be no performance mode for uh, next gen consoles. Um, which you know that's a choice that they can make, and I, that's that's okay. But like people are unhappy." What do you guys think? Yeah, that with Gotham Knights, it's kind of interesting. I I actually recommend watching. I, I referenced him last week too, but Skill Up, he's a great YouTuber. He's popular for a reason. He did an impressions on Gotham Knights, and this was before the uh, 30 FPS uh, patch news came out. But um, 
but that game just looks bad. Like it, it the Gotham City, the Gotham City of of this game looks worse than the Gotham City of Arkham Knight. Like there's no atmosphere. Everything has this weird purple hue. Like first of all, the game just doesn't mm-hmm. look like a current gen game. But on top of that, we got this news that it's going to be locked at 30 FPS on consoles, which to me screams a game that's coming in hot. Like I can imagine that the developers right now working like 80 hour weeks being crunched to death. And I just don't think this game is ready. There's just no way. What do you think, Aaron? How are you feeling? Um, I have heard similar complaints that the visuals are not uh, on par or don't match up to the previous now, what, seven, eight-year-old Gotham Knight? How old's that game? Like, quite old, which still a visual masterpiece, I think. Quite a good-looking game. But yeah, so that it that it's a cross-gen game is a little surprising. I've seen some developers on Twitter saying, look, guys, you don't understand how development works, and that's true. I'm not an engineer. I don't make video games, so I don't, I don't understand it. I'm not going to pretend like I do. But they're saying, look, you, you have to give up certain things to get 60 FPS. And I think that that perspective has some merit to it. But the thing is, is that I think after two years of, of people playing 60 FPS performance mode games, we're okay with giving shit up. Like, get get re- ding down your ambient occlusion, make those shadows lower resolution. Like, I, it's okay. Games already look good. We want the fluidity. We want the speed. We want the responsiveness of a higher frame rate. So, eh, at the same time, I don't know. I, I think you're right that this is probably coming in hot. It just doesn't... It's also not even the FPS thing that I'm concerned about. It just kind of seems like there's a lack of vision, to quote Emperor Palpatine from uh, for this game. It's just... <laughs> there's just <laughs> your lack of vision. But I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm just looking at this game and there's just no atmosphere. All of the character models look as generic as generic comes. It kind of looks like the new Saints Row game. Like when you, oh, when you, yeah, I know it's like yeah, that's, when you, that's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's when you look at the original Arkham games by Rocksteady. All of the games have so much characterization. All of the characters, like Batman, looks like blocky and just like, you know, he he just doesn't. He just has a certain design to him. Oh, and the especially. Yeah, the henchmen have so much personality to them, to how they're designed. In this game, they're all just kind of like, oh, Batgirl is Batgirl because she wears a purple shirt when she's not in the costume. Robin is Robin because he wears a red shirt when he's not in the costume, but he just looks like a guy. And There's no character to this game. There's, I'm very concerned. I'm quite concerned about this game. Yeah. Uh, I noticed that it's by WD, WB Games Montreal, who made the game that wasn't well received either, Batman Arkham Origins, mm. on Rocksteady Batman game that's in the style of a Rocksteady Batman game. I know that game had some mixed reception. I think it wasn't like just it wasn't like terrible, but I think it was not amazing either. So yeah. I also think it's worth knowing this game is not cross-gen. So, oh, it's not. I, I thought it no, was. No, I thought it was too, but it's not. I just looked it up. So okay, so that I raises an interesting question. I think that WB is like, let's just not pour any more money into this product. We already know it's going to be crap. We have to. We've already invested it, so let's release it and just not. That's that's my. It's my tinfoil hat theory of like they think they just like. We don't. This is. We know this isn't going to be good. So uh, I've heard like next to nothing about this except one thing: is that this game. The 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 reason reportedly the reason at least that 
I guess, I don't know if they're claiming or not, if they have publicly claimed, but they've said that it's because the game has four-player. Multiplayer, and yeah. Or co-op. So it, they like four-player co-op, and that is the reason it has to be at 30 FPS. Um, as well as, I think they, they had some other claims of like, highly detailed and their world is this and that and of course that goes in stark contrast to the purple hue or the i guess you could compare it to the fallout green haze like of, of the game which is not very detailed at all so if that's yeah. true or not i i don't know it's been a while since a four-player co-op game has come out i guess like you don't really see too many I mean, is this couch co-op? I, wait, I, I, wait, wait, I wait. Is this game co-op? Or... Like we have so here. Wait, yeah, it hang on. Because yeah. you guys may be doing the thing that I always do. I mix this game up with Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League all the time. That's a Rocksteady game. That's a shooter game. Right. This yeah. is like a third-person open-world adventure game. This one yeah. I've, heard, I've heard is co-op. Okay. Yeah, it no, is co-op. Like, right. it, it, it is. It is. Uh, so it is. That is what of, they said. They said it was because of co-op mainly. Yeah, that, that, that was the it's one thing I heard about this though. game was that no, I heard it was it was four-player. Well, well, they just added oh, four-player co-op yesterday. Got it. I see. Which is okay. which, which kind of yeah. like I'm I'm looking at my phone right now to see it's it, it's just it kind of goes to show that this game is kind of I'm just not it's so little, sure about it because they're releasing all these details like a week before it comes out. It's it's feeling a little wishy-washy <laughs> with the flow of information in the sense where like yeah. stuff is coming out at a rate that doesn't quite jive with a proper development. It, yeah. it feels it feels kind of it feels like they're dripping stuff out because like oh oh god the people are reacting bad oh, we have to we have to, so let's say this let's say that okay let's do this let's do that to make people ag- agree with us and it feels a little wishy washy. Yeah, I hope that there's or pushback like this thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, okay, so there's been pushback. There's even been death threats. I kind of feel yeah, like that's they made the little one of their community no uh, like people, like social media people, come out and say it. I'm like, man, you guys should not have had this come through. And it was like a woman. I'm like, you guys are just asking for shit. Put this through your channel. And like, don't don't put a face to this, please. Uh, but there will be pushback. I guess the question I have is: is this is this a sign of what's to come? Are we just going to get more of this? Like, look, guys, do you, do you want your, your ray-traced uh, toilet paper or not? I don't know. I think uh, I don't think so. I think first-party games will be 60 FPS. Hey, coming, going forward. That's my... my. The main reason every games? game last-gen was 30 FPS is because of the crappy processors, which were, like, honestly not even that great when, it, when the consoles came out. And that's, yeah. like, why I remember I was just watching this Crobie Cat video of, like, E3 2017. <laughs> they're, like... They're showing the Xbox Series X, and they're like, "What? What do you?" Yeah, <laughs> Jeff Keighley's like, "What are you guys doing to make this game? You know, like, where do you utilize the power of the Series X or the Xbox Series X?" And he was like, "Or Xbox, sorry, Xbox One X, sorry, X's too many X's." And he was like, "Uh, it'll be 4K." He's like, "Will it be 60 FPS?" He's like, "No, it'll be 30 FPS." He's like, "Okay, still 30 FPS. <laughs> Everything was 30 FPS last gen." So like, I think now it's just like, I, I don't know, I just don't buy it with the, with these processors that are super high end. Like, I don't, I just don't, I don't, I, I'm not, I don't believe it. I think that's just some problem with the the, the dev the dev side. Yeah, they can't get yeah. on the money, they don't have the funding, they don't have the time. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Maybe it was like a developmental hell thing where this game has been in development for a little while and they just picked up again and decided to like churn it out basically to get some quick cash. It's also Unreal Four, which is, you know, hmm. a lot of the optimization stuff. Not all, not really, but some of it's like handled by the engine for you. Like, yeah. so I don't know. I it's just a engine that runs well. I think I would think. Not on PC. What game? <laughs> Some games run uh, really well. Apparently, every game if that game has like constant stuttering problems. The Unreal Four. Uh, yeah, Alex Battaglia is like says it's his least favorite engine. What about like Gears Five? It like runs amazingly and looks great. I don't know. I don't know, man. I I just work here. Uh, <laughs> well, 
I, I think that's all we got to say about that one. But kind of a bummer. But uh, yeah, I don't. I I don't condone it. I'm really not sad that excited about the game. I, yeah. I yeah. I just worry that it's going to be like more and more. It's going to be like, well, guys, look, you know. And I mean, it is. You know, if you run a game at at 30 frames per second, you have a lot more CPU and GPU budget to spend on other things. So there's going to be choices to be made, and we'll see where it goes. Uh, Oren, I, I understand that you've come to us prepared with a persuasive argument, one that 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 that, that you think that certain listeners might agree with. They might they might back you up on this one. They may have even incepted it. Who knows? Uh, tell me your argument, sir. Is this about a certain masterpiece level game called Power Wash Simulator? Uh, I, I, it's, as far as I know, that's the only persuasive argument you brought. If you brought others, let me know. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So I did not incept this argument, as uh, Aaron was alluding to. Uh, I was having a conversation with Mike in the Discord, and Mike said that Power Wash Simulator is a boomer shooter. And the, this was his criteria that he suggested. He said that there's no cutscenes. The game is all about shooting. Like, it's, a, it's, it's exclusively really just about shooting. It's just that you're not shooting people or demons you're, or whatever. You're shooting surfaces. And honestly, mm. the more I think about it, the more I kind of agree with them. And I think they should have rebranded Power Wash Simulator. I don't think they should have called it Simulator. They should have mm. just called it Power Washer. Or power mm-hmm. wash because I don't think I think the simulator thing is throwing people off because it's not really a simulator like that. It that, makes that it like game. a joke game. It makes it sound like a goat simulator, right? Like a joke game or like a complex math game. Yes, yeah, like it's really not that. It re- it reminds me more of a boomer shooter or something like Minecraft where you're just shooting surfaces. It feels creative in a weird way, like you're. It feels like a skill up skill up referred to it as a coloring book and for adults and mm. I kind of agree with that. But the game is also really goofy in a way that reminds me of boomer shooters. Like you're not just cleaning backyards, you're also cleaning like alien spaceships and stuff. Like this game is silly, but it feels like a different kind of shooter. And the more that I sit on this game, the more impressed I am with it. And the game that it's reminding me of the the most as, as strange as the sounds is when I played Bloodborne for the first time. And I, I know that sounds weird, but when I played Bloodborne for the first time, I was, I, I had a huge aversion to really difficult games. I was like difficult games. Like this is too hard for me. Mm. I usually played games on normal mode at that point. And I played Bloodborne and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is different, but I'm, I'm finally beginning to understand difficulty in games and why people love it. And now I've converted. Now I only almost exclusively play games on hard mode, except for like Wolfenstein, because I like playing that on easy, but whatever. Um, This game is teaching me that you can make any game fun. You can make you can make any gameplay loop fun. You just have to gamify it and give someone a pull. So like literally like cleaning shit off of a house is fun. They made it fun. I can't believe it. And it's like all I want to do now. I've been playing this game so much. So that's my persuasive argument. One, Power Wash Simulator is a boomer shooter. Two, you can make anything fun if it's well designed. Mm. All right, I dig it. I dig it. Um, yeah, my, I, I guess Mike like 
hundred percent of that game or something. He, I think he said, which uh, way to go. That's, that's, that sounds like a feat. I yeah, think, I think Mike and I are going to be fighting for that game as a game at the jump crotch game of the year. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. What, what about immortal? What about Elden ring? Elden well, he, ring? Uh, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's tough. For me, it's between Immortality and Power Wash Simulator because those are the two Whoa. games that really showed me something different this year. Mm-hmm. Immortality is like the best, like most artistic video game I played this game this year. Like twelve of those hours are the best thing I ever experienced. Like just as an interactive hmm. media experience, I was just so enveloped in that game. As a video game ass video game, Power Wash Simulator is my game of the year. That game is a video game ass video game. Hmm. So it's going to be tough. It's going to be between those okay. two for me. All right. <laughs> I still really need to try both of those. I really want to try Immortality. I have it on my Xbox. It's just been like I I'm know that it's it. going to take a little uh, it's going to take a little bit of time to invest and I'm playing like six different games right now, so Well, here's the thing the really quickly about Immortality. It's more an interactive movie than a video game, but it's yeah. the mm-hmm. best fucking interma- interactive movie you'll ever play. Like, that's just incredible. So yeah. just be aware of that going in. It's not really a video game, in my opinion. Yeah, but I think that that, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I No, I'm in for that, though. I think that that kind of thing is really cool. So, all right. Um, I have been playing Breath of the Wild, let me let me tell you what I think about that game. I think that I could see that definitely being, uh, you know, one of the top five open world games of all time. I think I, I love uh, I love the world. The setting is so great. I love the way the game looks. The combat is not that great. I really hate switching weapons three times a fight. Like this Sucks. is the one thing that people complain about all the time. It's like, dude. Why didn't they just make those weapons like three or four times more durable? So you get through two or three fights of the weapon. Like the number of times I've had to like pause, go to a menu and stop and re-equip a weapon in the fight. It's pretty annoying. So um, I don't know why I the see... weapons break. Why can't they just have like yeah. different tiers? I don't understand that. Like why they need to break. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't totally understand sh- it either. You should just play Immortals Phoenix Rising because it's like that game, but without breakable weapons. Well, so is Elden Ring, honestly. Right. Elden Ring and that game yeah. have a lot in common. I kind of think it's 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 a real toss-up. I would go with Elden Ring. Like Elden, Elden Ring, I think, better. is the, the best open-world <laughs> game ever made. I would say yeah. pretty, yeah. like, in my opinion. I think but I, I can that. see uh, I could see Breath of the Wild coming in close. I don't know if I love the shrines either as much as a lot of people do, which is it's the shrines are, like, a big part of the gameplay. You find a little shrine, you go in there, and you complete a puzzle. Um, <laughs> you know what's funny? Yeah. You called me and asked me, how many shrines do I need to do to get off the damn plateau? And when you said shrines that I need to do, it like triggered me. I was like, oh my God. Oh, I don't want to do that. I just like immediately (laughs) thought of like doing shrines. Like, oh, I hate shrines. (laughs) I don't don't like shrines. I don't know if I love the shrines. I don't hate the shrines. They're fun. Like, I do really like this game. Just the sense of just like wandering in a direction and like how well crafted and beautiful and interesting the world is and the way it tugs you in different directions at all times very much in the way that Elden Ring did is is just is great and and basically peerless so I think in that way the grant the game is is quite nice man the horses are little shits fucking <laughs> I named my horse Sloponia because that fucker sucks uh I don't, those horses you gotta like tame the horse it's 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 kind of fun it's like a cool mini game but like you get the horse and it's like resistant to you and you have to kind of like train it to be a good horse like red dead too like that too mm-hmm. mm. yeah 
Yeah, I agree on the shrine thing. By far, my least favorite part of that game became the shrines. Initially, not necessarily, but after hours of gameplay, shrines just became... It was like just a broken record. Just, oh, here we go again. Here we go again. Here we go again. And the rewards, again, you, you might get a cool weapon. You might get a whatever. And the weapons break eventually. So what's the damn point? And that's kind of honestly that's kind of what the game feels like after a while what's the damn point if i why am i getting this because it's going to break mm. yeah, yeah. i quickly ask you guys like a very small tangent here but i'll make this mm -hmm. brief it's just on the topic of shrines and zelda does anyone like box puzzles i think box puzzles are terrible i hate box puzzles it's like push the box uh, into the thing oh. <laughs> stack the box it depends on how old you were in the 90s i think is going to be your relationship to box puzzles like I would love to see what my little brother and sister think of them. They probably maybe they hate them. I don't like box puzzles. Box puzzles trigger me because that was like all that video. Every video game had a box puzzle for yeah. about a five year stretch, and I was just like, no more. It depends on the game for me. It's contextual to the game. Yeah. Like if it's Resident Evil, I'll take it because for some reason they're puzzles I like. I don't know why. They missing. don't have box puzzles. There's like one box puzzle I can think of in Resident Evil. It's like that yeah, first like, one in, in Resident Evil where you have to push the box to there, get to the statue. There's a few. There's there's the two in the you have to push two boxes in the um, shark area in Resident Evil One to like you push them in the water. It's a very yeah. easy puzzle. Okay. Oh uh, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't even really call that one that much of a puzzle. Yeah, it's but, not really a puzzle. Yeah, the, the thing about Resident Evil puzzles, especially the first game, is that they really utilize your power of observation. Like you really have yeah. to like oh look at the painting, look at the clock, look at the painting, look at the clock. Like, mm -hmm. how do they connect? Mm -hmm. You know, I love that it, puzzle. That's such a genius puzzle. That, that's the that's my favorite puzzle in like any video game. I love. That yeah, puzzle. it's but, like uh, the best one ever. <laughs> it's so good, but yeah, like I don't like puzzles that kind of just solve themselves, and box puzzles usually mm. solve themselves. Like they're not really puzzles, and I think the Nintendo games have that problem tenfold. I will say, mm. Super Mario Odyssey did a good job with using your power of observation because like there's like a lot of things where it's like huh that looks weird i'm gonna try this thing and then you get a star or like whatever so yeah it's but, true but most of yeah. the time they suck <laughs> okay yeah we all dislike box puzzles basically yeah i, I, I think the I only think game it's... i like them in is tomb raider like the only game i ever enjoyed them in was tomb raider but i'm also a like, bit of a tomb raider fan so original tomb raider like OG, yes like that's I'm, like the I'm, birth of the box puzzle. i'm, I'm talking like OG because as a kid th those yeah. games just I mean, for one, they blew my mind, but also I just I enjoyed the hell out of them. And yeah, as far as ob observation puzzles go, though, that's that's an interesting note. I, I played a game recently called The Council, mm. which is honestly one of the goofiest games I've ever played, like Days of Our Lives level goofy. But <laughs> it, it the its usage of observational puzzles like in in the course of the game was really effective. And I think that was where the game shined. But the rest of the game was pure Days of Our Lives melodrama to, to like the max. But otherwise, hmm. great observational puzzles. Yeah, I, I think Zach brought that game up, of all people, on a previous podcast. Oh so yeah, I, I think he did. Yeah, gotta funny. check oh, that yeah. one out. Yeah. It is pure <laughs> co comedy, dude. Like the twists and turns that game takes will blow your mind because it's so goofy. He didn't really recommend it. He was like, "I don't know if I like this game." I, <laughs> that was where he left it. Puzzle wise, <laughs> That's a very puzzle wise, I'd recommend it. Puzzle wise, I'd recommend it. But story wise, character wise. Again, like days of our lives, like muchacha italiana, like telenovela style stuff, dude. It is goofball. goofball, goofball. So, yeah. so Aaron, having played Breath of the Wild post Elden Ring, did it? 
I just wonder how magical it was. Like, I just wonder if, like, if Elden, like, spoiled a lot of that. Yeah, I do think that Elden Ring definitely ate. I mean, okay, so it's like, like I said, Elden Ring, Subnautica, even Assassin's Creed, Odyssey, Valheim. A lot mm-hmm. of games have taken pieces that Breath of the Wild did and and either did it better or as, uh, did it, you know, really equally well. Um, I don't know how much magic I'm experiencing. I am. I really do like, I just... I'll find myself sitting there playing it for hours, just wandering around. I kind of like exploring more than anything. I love rock climbing, going to the top of mountains. Yeah. Um, but I do feel, yeah, I do. I'm already starting to feel, and I've only maybe done like 12 of them, 15 of them, that these uh, shrines feel a little bit like work. I think mm. that's uh, it's a good point or an observation. I think like a puzzle that makes you feel smart can be really rewarding. A puzzle that makes you feel like you have to exert labor can feel taxing yeah. and prescribed. So... I, I don't almost know. don't I, want, I, I don't like want to call them puzzles. I just want to call them like moving shit. Chores. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Chores. Yeah. Yeah. Chores. That is like what chores. it is. It's like professional chores. moving simulator. I, um, again, the, the first 10 of them you do, oh, it's kind of fun. Oh, this one's different. Yeah. That one's different. After that, it's you find another one rises out of the ground. You're like, oh, God, here I go again. Yeah, there's something to the distance and like oof. <laughs> when I was playing God of War two or one, I remember it and just like watching Kratos like push these boxes around. I'm like, oh the fucking God of War? Why am I pushing boxes around? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Just yeah, just something disjointed about it. Those are mm-hmm. pretty quick, but um, so yeah. I'll, I'll keep playing it. We'll see how what I think of it. But I I am liking it. I really like the setting a lot. I love exploring the world, uh, grabbing horses, sneaking around. There's some really good shit in there. Like. It, but I do think, yeah, Elden. Ring, I think Elden Ring kind of does everything this game does, but better. Okay. So I agree. Yeah, yeah I agree. Uh, all right. Um, Kevin, you, you've been booming and shooting. Yeah. Big time. Tell me about it. Uh, mostly been playing Cultic. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, I mean that's not entirely. I've been playing Protoss as well, but Cultic just came out was it yesterday. No, a couple days ago. Two days ago. Yeah. A few days ago. I think Wednesday and, maybe, uh, Thursday that's been my my main my main jam so far um it feels to me like a a combination of uh of re4 and blood really just resident evil in general but re4 in particular um which i like a lot do you know that the enemies like speak some spanish at times um maybe you have like the red nine pistol the mauser yeah. yeah. In the beginning, there's like a burned corpse, like in like a spot. And I'm like, this is, it's like guys around it. I'm like, this is, this is some Resident Evil like homage. I had a part where I had to get a crank. And I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, yeah. So so is it a Resident Evil homage or is it a Bloodborne homage? Because Bloodborne has a crank and it does the, the same thing, fire at the well, stake at the beginning. I think the stake, and I think Bloodborne was an homage to RE4. Right. I think it yeah. was. I, I, I do yeah. too. But I Re4, Bloodborne was like that. so RE4. Oh, at so yeah. many points, especially the snakes coming out of the head, it was like this is, this is the Ganado like head explosion like completely. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I really like it. I feel like the first level, I didn't like the game that much. I didn't like the pistol mm. in the beginning when it's not upgraded. The first level it doesn't, isn't, the first level doesn't really tell you what the game is like. So like, mm. like I would say like if someone's trying it, <clears throat> get past the first level because the first level is like a little slow. It gets it might opens up much more. You get more weapons because like once you get that lever action rifle, which actually is in the first oh, level, shit. but. That yeah. thing is. <laughs> that thing is, is like borderline overpowered. Uh, uh, the headshot hitbox is just massive because I just hit every single enemy in the game. I headshot. That's all I do in that yeah. game. Yeah. That that 
the headshots are really satisfying in this game. I think the headbox, I think it's it's a, it's a generous hitbox, but um, you want to get headshots, and when you get headshots, like one in like twenty does this like slow mo thing. Yeah, that like it happens just rarely enough that it it doesn't become annoying and it feels really like oh yeah I just fuck some shit up or it happens when you get like a crit too so if you throw some dynamite and get like 10 dudes at once time just slows down the color desaturates a little and you're just like wrecking and there's just gibbs flying everywhere mm-hmm. um, uh, I think it has really cool level design mm-hmm. so far I really like the level design um, it's like it's not abstract level design it's like a little abstract but it's mostly going for like a real place not like not like a real place but like a video game real place. yeah no definitely yeah um but it, it has this like nightmarish color palette like it's mm-hmm. very like faded and it's kind of everything doesn't quite look everything looks slightly off which i think really yeah. sells it and i feel like they're it, going for like it felt like like they're going for like a, like a horror game like survival horror game feel a lot of the time definitely. even though it's a it's a shooter action game like it definitely mm-hmm. feels like which blood was as well but blood was like funny yeah. This game doesn't really feel like it's going for any humor. But like there's when not you a say humor. There's not a lot of humor. Like when you go to the thing I one like major blood homage is when you go to get use a key on the door, it says, I need a key. And like I could just read that in Caleb's voice, I need a key. Like I could totally like, <laughs> like hear it. <laughs> and like when you go to the thing, it's like it's stuck. I don't think it says it's stuck exactly like how blood does, but he that's what Caleb says. It's stuck, you know? So yeah. Yeah. I, I'm uh, enjoying it a lot. Awesome. I'm glad that you're enjoying it. I have played through most of it. We should mention, so like the game came out and it's the first chapter. I had initially thought that it would be early access, but it's not early access. It's basically, they're going to release the the full game in two episodes. And this is a completed feature packed, like like 1.0 version of the first half of the game, which is about five or six hours long. And I've played about four hours of it and I've just been loving it. It, 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 I have never actually played Blood before. You've showed it to me a few times, but I like missed out on Blood back in the day, and I'm, I have some thoughts about that in a minute. Um, but it, it's an interesting contrast to Proteus, which is very much like Doom school of thought. Proteus is m- almost more about movement than it is about like aiming and shooting. Not that that isn't also what it's about. Um, this, this is game, a stop and pop it, game. This is a stop and pop. Like peek around the corner and get that headshot really fast. Yeah. Um, this game's huh. more about the shooting. Uh, if I hit the scan, shooting I mean. feels so good though and the dynamite feels so good and like like you were talking about the visual style like I don't know if you guys remember this but VHS tapes you could record them uh, they, they would often have like three modes they had a two hour mode a four hour mode and a six hour mode and mm. if you recorded it in the six hour mode it was like worse than the worst YouTube video you ever saw it was just but I mean it wasn't compressed in that way but it had this just like everything was falling apart the picture just looked like shit and this game kind of has that, like, <laughs> watching a horror movie you recorded on, on the six-hour mm-hmm. version of the VHS tape. Like, this just crazy, like, it's almost falling apart in a dreamlike way. It looks really, really cool. It, it's a unique take on pixel art. Um, I, I'm just loving this game. Um, in the second level, I had a full-on stalker moment. And I think Aaron mm-hmm. may know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. holy shit, this is... This is I thought I was having a bug. I thought I was having a I bug. I know, first. me too. And then it hit me in the like, face. I was like, oh. What the fuck? That was awesome. I was I really like that. Um any any amount of stalker in uh, any game I think is always a, a good thing. And I think this game is a little stalkery, like just oh, yeah. in general. Like there's definitely yeah. some stalker feelings too. It's got some cool influences. I, I, I just love that the, the the thought that like Resident Evil had such an impact on shooters that like nineties <laughs> style shooters are like referencing it and going back to it. Because I really think it you know obviously massively impactful so 
Yeah. Um, so playing this made me realize that blood is, is like a blind spot for me. You have showed it to me a few times, and I think it was always like in, I think one time Ben was there and we we're trying to play like four player co-op or I don't know. Maybe I'm trying to play it at one of the lands. I was like, hey, let's everyone get a controller because you can play this game eight player. Right. Okay. And I was just like, I'm not playing a retro FPS with a controller. I don't know. I wasn't having it at the time. And I was kind of prejudicing it from being of the lineage, the build engine lineage of uh, Duke Nukem and having a lot of hit scan weapons. But I spent about an hour and a half playing through it last night. And I'm like, oh, is this the missing link? Is this the fucking ghost album that's been buried under dust for 30 years? (laughs) Like, this game's amazing. It's really fun. It's like a early, it's like early, it's not like fear, but like I could see how fear came from it. Right. So that's, that's the other point I wanted to make, right? This is monolith soft, right? Who made fear, who made no one lives forever one or two. And you can see the sort of like lineage towards it's, it's like a different evolutionary branch from like doom and quake mm-hmm. that, that goes towards fear and kind of, kind of has some modern stuff in it. And, and uh, cultic also even more so does. Mm-hmm. The cultists though in blood are, total bastards they're funny yeah. but they are like they are nightmare hit scan murder machines they kill you like in a second like if they'll they yeah. will end you almost too quickly sometimes in that game yeah i found <laughs> and the beginning of that game is like you start with a pickaxe a and pick, you have like no weapons short. for like the first yeah. two levels which is kind of fucked it sucks but if yeah. you get past that then it's 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 really good I do like I like the humor of that game though. It's pretty funny. Like I like how you can kick yeah. the heads around. And they, like they balance and the blood flies everywhere. And the cultists with their what the <laughs> it's pretty funny. It's with pretty their, like pigeon Latin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And Caleb's a good character. Uh, <clears throat> so I I always have said when I cause I always think in games because Caleb is such a quotable character. I always think like when I die and come back like I live. Again. Again, I didn't know yeah. that that was um, Army. I've never seen that movie. I've never seen Evil Dead. So like, <laughs> I know the quote from Caleb because Caleb's like right. the horror Duke Nukem. You know, yeah. like he quotes all the horror movies and stuff. So. Isn't isn't Caleb the name of the son and the witch too? I can't even remember. I think so because like the dad will always say Caleb, and he said it in such could a distinctive be. way. <laughs> it could be. I, yeah. That game takes place like Blood takes place in like 1920, I think, and mm. I think. Did, uh, Cultic feels like it takes place in the 40s because it has like World War II guns. 60s. It takes place, it's, it, it, oh, it takes it? place in the 60s, but it does have World War II weapons. Yeah. Um, gotcha. If you watch the intro cutscene, it kind of sets up what's going on. There's, it's, uh, it's cool, man. Cultic is great. It's $9.99. I recommend it. It's on Steam. Yeah, 10 bucks. It's like, can't go can't wrong. beat it. And, and it doesn't feel early access incomplete at all. It's, it's, it's a very, it's kind of at a really good time for these retro shooters, man. Starting with uh, Gloomwood even though that is an early access like it, that is such a great demo um there's such a great first chapter i guess and then proteus is fucking incredible and awesome. now this i don't know man we are blessed yeah. so i have a question about this genre because because we were talking about defining it and the way that i look at this genre isn't doesn't include actual games from the 90s because those are those games right like you like i don't think of doom or quake as a boomer shooter because they're like or a retro shooter or whatever is because those are like the games that these are emulating right these are like these games are like a pastiche right they're like a intentional throwback to that era so like this to me like the new time period is those is is those games right so is that, is that your guys understanding of this too like like this genre is like it's like retro wave right like retro wave is like pining for an older time period but it's like its own genre now in terms of music right it's like the same yeah. idea or, I, or no you know that's a distinction that i think kind of remains to be completely uh wrong out i i, I thought of it that way too but i seen a lot of people don't think of it that way so 
I, I didn't until we com- had a conversation about this more in depth. And then I thought like, oh, that makes more sense mm-hmm. to think of this as a, it's a new genre. I mean, it's right. it's like a genre that's in the style of an older genre, but it's like this is like second wave black metal to the first wave black metal. So they're both black metal, right? I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm inclined to agree with you, Kevin. Like, there's, I mean, that's happened to a lot of genres. Like, yeah. What, what, whether you know, you go back to like the soul or Motown genre, you go back to swing. Like, you have electro swing and a bunch of other variations on it now, which are genres in and of themselves. And yeah, I, I, I agree that I, I think this one is very much leaning towards that direction as well, where it's kind of its own thing. It's, it's becoming at least. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's how I, that's how I see it. So that's when we were trying to define it, like boomer shooter, retro shooter, like what that actually means. That they're not. Yeah. Okay. It's distinctive on its own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To to my knowledge, there probably isn't even a, enough literature on what a boomer shooter is, because in the way that an immersive sim has it, because Warren Spector coined that term, right? So there's more of a distinction as to what an immersive sim is because it has roots in what a developer has said about it and def- and how he's defined it. I don't think boomer shooters really have that, to my knowledge. It was just kind of invented by word of mouth. Um, yeah, a couple yeah. people like like Dave Oshry and 3D Realms, basically, right? And it's just like an indie scene. It's a marketing term, yeah, a marketing term for like an indie scene. But that makes that's how I see it. So that like makes sense to me. What about like Resident Evil 4 likes? I feel like we should do a genre for that. I mean, you could call them over the shoulder shooters, but. What would be one of those? Because, like, I can think of Dead Space. Dead Space. Dead Space. I think. Uh, Gears, so Gears of, of War doesn't count, does it? I think it. I mean, it's like. Gears of War is it's like its like, own thing, man. That's a cover shooter. No, man. It's tough. It's tough. Because right? there's Dead Space, there's. Uh, why can't? Why is my brain not working right now? Evil Within, definitely. Yeah. Evil Within, yeah. I think the genre definitely exists. The over-the-shoulder horror game that has it's a lot of hit fully detection. Fully 3D survival. What about horror? Resident yeah. Evil 2 Remake? Resident Evil 3 Remake. Exactly. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. 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 We should invent a term for those. Maybe we should call them the 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 Kennedy shooters. The Kennedy shooters. <laughs> it, I. <laughs> I have the way that I would Third reference them is horror? like some some way to reference what they were going to be, which was like spectacle fighters, because like that genre like was born out of basically Resident Evil, like Musha and Devil May Cry both came from Resident Evil Four initially. They're both Resident Evil Four, so somehow somehow you have to like I don't know action. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Mm. Are they always horror games? Well, that's mm. what I'm Gears saying because I feel not. like Uncharted, Last of Us, and Gears of War have antecedents with Resident Evil 4 and Cliff Bazinski yeah, I believe do. has referenced Resident Evil 4 when talking about the design of Gears of War so he definitely did but it's like chimpanzees and humans at that point you know what I mean like there's there's too much uh I feel like there's too much different like because you know Gears of War is also like taking from like World War II shooters and like in and, and cover shooters and like inventing basically the cover shooter yeah. sure but would also Gears of War exist would it exist without Resident Evil 4 though no Definitely not. No, probably not. Yeah. So I don't know. That's what I'm saying. It's like chimpanzees to humans. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. Especially if they persist over time, and we still see over-the-shoulder uh, survival horror games with a heavy emphasis on hit detection. I feel like they're going to spawn their own subgenre at some point. I'm I mean, so curious if Resident Evil 4 remake will will have the in-depth shooting of four. I I'm just like 
I, I really, I'm like so excited for it. <laughs> I really I'm excited for it. Is it going to be as in depth I as like 4 was? They're going to dial it back a lot, I feel. When like. does that come out? I hope they don't. May, I really hope they don't dial May. it back. Yeah. If if it if it plays like RE4 and you can shoot them in the knee and do all the different animations and every pop, I'm going to be so excited. I'm going to be very pumped for that. Hell yeah. Oh, March 24th. <clears throat> My leave will just be ending. Sad days. Uh, well, that's something to look forward to. Um, the quickly, Cultic's great, I, by the way. Play yeah, that game yeah. if you like the genre. Great oh, game. Oh, hell yeah. First level starts off slow, but it pays off so well. That level in the woods was so good. I thought that was like, I was like, oh man, I feel like I'm playing Resident Evil or something. Or, or this. It gave me very, full and survival horror feeling. So. Yeah. No, it, it, every level has, has differentiates itself. Yeah. Uh, I will say, why is it that making a body pile, when you make a body pile in a game, it's funny, but when you find a body pile in a game, it's fucked up. This this you game reminds me of The Last it. of Us. Thing. Watching <laughs> The Last of Us two trailers, I was like, oh god, it's like this crunch and the the throat slitting. <laughs> and then you and then you do it, and it's like, yeah, I get any more core people to kill. <laughs> I, think, I think it has to be. I don't psychological. know. <laughs> it's all tied to your ego because it's like, yeah, I'm doing it. I'm fucking doing like, it. Versus, oh dude, shit, he did it. My fifty stack dishonored, you know, room full of every guard on the level body stacks are like. They're like my little Jeffrey Dahmer, you know, sanctuary areas. But uh, like <laughs> when I find in Cultic a a fully uh, what's what is the name of those voxel? The pit voxel. I of love the bodies. Voxels. I'm like, oh, this is actually kind of giving me a little nausea. This is this is a little too much. The the, the voxels is so blood as well. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's like it's like playing Diablo One. You know, you you walk into these dungeons and they're littered with like the corpses of people just that were mutilated and just drained of their blood and organs. But then you kill a hell of a ton of enemies. You make the exact same spectacle, and it's awesome. Like, it's <laughs> I mean, because you're walking around, yeah, mm, fresh meat. It's horrifying. Oh God, he's he's killing people. Then you do the same thing, and oh wow, that's fucking awesome. Holy shit. And I think there's something that I find disturbing that's like, you must be human nature about that. That mm-hmm. definitely bothers me <laughs> a yeah. little bit, I'll be honest. But yeah. it's a video game. It's, you know, it's all zeros and ones. I remember the first time I played Marwind, I thought it was horrifying that I could kill named NPCs. Like NPCs that had names and homes. Like I, I, yeah. as, a chi- as a child, that was like, that was, that was a, a weird mind, mind thing to me where I was like, these aren't just bandits or thug number one, thug number two. These people have homes and I'm going into the home and murdering them and now they're dead. Like, it as a kid, that was a big change from other video games. So, is it possible to have? Maybe this is me being a psycho or something. But is it possible to have Sonder, where you're like, oh my god, all these people have homes and lives, but when you kill them, it's like, yeah, fuck them. Yeah, that's right, you're dead. Oh, totally, totally, like, totally. Like yeah. The Last I mean, of Us Part Two did that. I'm like, yeah, I'm killing this person. He had friends, and now they're dead. Oh, totally. <laughs> no, it, in in Marwind, like killing Eldefire and Sadonine, that was a pleasurable experience. It's like fuck her, like she's gonna die. <laughs> no, I I, I, I agree that that extra level of 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 like I don't know emotional depth they're going for by making them more humanized does make it more impactful and maybe even more satisfying in a, in a <laughs> somewhat it's, sick it, way. It's, Again, it's a, it's a video game, so I I feel like it's it's okay, but it does it does seem I don't know it's I don't know. The fact they can mm. come back again if you just revote your save—it just—it feels so like transient and charters caddy. You know, it's like, man, whatever. It's just, yeah. it's, I don't know. Yeah, dude. Yeah, totally. Hmm. All right. Well, check out Caltic and coincidentally, uh, Blood. 
Uh, quickly, I want to talk about Scorn. I downloaded that on my Xbox and started playing it, and it is a an extremely atmospheric, uh, striking game. Right? Uh, it, it looks really good on on the Xbox, but please turn off the motion blur. It's actually it was making me nauseous. Uh, but thankfully, they they give you the option to turn that off. It, but uh. So the game starts off not a shooter. It's more of a like walking sim puzzly kind of game. I was a little put off because right off the bat, there was a rather lengthy puzzle with like multiple moving pieces. And like normally I feel like if you have a puzzle game, they give you the like basic ass puzzle first to give you to let you know how these different mechanics work. And like they kind of start off with a puzzle that it's not necessarily a hard puzzle, but it's like there's a lot of like animations you have to watch to engage different pieces of the puzzle. So I found it to be a little this is this is like a fucking Zelda um, temple or whatever. Uh, like right off the bat, it, it put me off. Yeah. But, uh, Mike mm. is loving it. A lot of people are really liking it. So it seems like it's something worth checking out. The thing I want to talk about this game quickly is that this game is derivative of one thing, right? It's derivative of the work of H.R. Geiger. Geiger. I don't. Geiger. Uh, I've heard Geiger. And, and I, Geiger. I've heard Geiger. Yeah, I'm not I sure now. I, I've been calling him Geiger since I was like 12, but. Me too. And it's like it's only derivative of his work, and it's not like adding I thought, anything. I thought it's that there was big, 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 I can't pronounce his name. Bikshiniski. You know the um, Polish guy that I love as well. I thought I yeah. thought his his art was in that game as well. Like the medium is okay. all that guy, but maybe could, I'm I, mistaken. Maybe I'm wrong. No, um, no, 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 it's I've, definitely I've heard that name There's No too. question. I've heard okay. that no. name too. Okay. Vyshinsky or whatever. Yeah, it has that adds a little a little My nuance house. to to what I'm going to say. But what I'm going to ask is like when something is so derivative of like one or two sources, and and, and it's doing it well, right? Like the, st- the the kind of vistas and scenes that you see in this game are breathtaking, striking, and extremely well rendered and like an incredible amount of work and artistry went into recreating it. But at some point it feels a little bit like plagiarism to me. And I don't want to call it that, but it's just like, where's the line between like homage and inspiration and just kind of doing the same thing over, like just stealing somebody else's work, I guess. Mm. Not that I'm saying this game is stealing work. I just I have slightly mixed feelings about how it's it is it's so evocative of 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 a geeker geiger. Well, the game's selling point is basically the style of the game. Yeah. Like, yeah. When it when you boil the game down, it the selling point is what whatever person's looking at is going to be like this looks like a tool music video. This looks like Geiger, you know, art. This looks like what whatever they want to apply to it, you know, aliens style whatever like it looks like it and that is definitely the game selling point because when it comes to the gameplay like you said it's not exactly innovative you know what i i kind of chalk this up to the boogie night syndrome so what i mean is uh the movie boogie nights by paul thomas anderson if you've seen the movie goodfellas it's basically a clean ripoff of that movie However, it does that thing extremely well, and I love that mm. movie. So mm-hmm. my problem is is that usually the things that are plagiarizing other art, they're just not good, you know? And the medium you mean like the is, Joker? 
Well, the Joker's not that good, but <laughs> that's what I mean. That was I was I, I'm like, is the Joker an example of something that's doing the same thing? Yeah, but like that. But here's the thing: I want to bring it back. I'll talk about the Joker, but I'm going to bring it back to the medium. The medium is trying to be a Silent Hill like, but with Bikinski's art though, same exactly, same artist, exactly, exactly like, so to a ridiculous level of played like played, right. played inspired, heavily inspired, right. But on top of that, it's a bad game. The puzzles are bad. The gameplay is bad. It's boring. It has no atmosphere. So it's doing that thing poorly. The Joker movie, I think, dramatically does the Scorsese thing that Taxi Driver's doing. But it's not the same thematic exploration that Scorsese's doing. It's dialing it way back. So it's actually doing a worse job of what Scorsese did. So to me, as long as it's doing it well... That's kind of my baseline, but I don't know if Scorn is doing it well because I've heard from a lot of people that's kind of boring, but I haven't played it yet, so I don't know. Visually, it's it's doing it well, and I, and I think it, thematically, from some of the stuff I've seen, it, it is it's mechanically exploring exploring visual themes that you find in Giger's art and maybe Bakinski's art as well uh, in some interesting ways. I don't know about mechanically in terms of like gameplay, but like in terms of like what you're doing and what sort of themes you can pull from that. I think it probably is doing it well. Like, I think it's a good exploration of the concepts and themes of, of uh, the body horror and a biomechanical art. I, I agree. I, I, there's a lot of foul there are, there are. stuff in the game. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I've only watched gameplay of it and I've watched not a ton, but enough to kind of get from beginning to like where the, the kind of core gameplay begins and the game, I, I, I really think the game's weakest point is honestly the gameplay because it does, it's, it very evidently does, it, it kind of, I don't know if it prides itself in this, but it seems to not want to give the player anything to go off of. So like, like Aaron, you mentioned the first puzzle, like there's consistently puzzles in the game that are like that. And honestly, they tend to manifest themselves as a little more insufferable than fun then exciting then evocative to the mind and that kind of also lends itself to eventually when you hit combat and eventually when you hit collecting some other tools in the game as well they the game doesn't give you anything to go off of so like you'll collect your first weapon and you have no idea how the hell to use it because the game gives you nothing and that, again maybe that's kind of atmospheric choice oh you're this entity in a world that is desolate and destitute yeah it's but, a narrative choice too i think but right. at the same time it i I'm, I'm trying not to go too in depth with a detail because i don't want to spoil anything not that it's inherently a spoiler to talk about mechanics but it's there's some some things in the game that just it, you have no idea like you get your first weapon and you don't even know how to use the ammunition to use the weapon and if you didn't happen to bump your head into a wall a few times to like find it, then you're going to literally walk away without it. Yeah. And in my opinion, that is not good atmosphere or not good mechanics, not good gameplay. That is kind of insufferable where mm. you're kind of left off at this point of going like, wait, what the hell? Why can't I use this? Why didn't the game tell me how to open my inventory? Why didn't the game tell me how to reload my weapon? Why didn't the game tell me I could heal? And that's what I noticed. That is that is one mm. of the first things I noticed gameplay-wise. Stylistically, the game is really interesting, very cool. But I literally think that's kind of the depth of the game. Hmm. I mean, it's tough. It's tough because it really depends on what type of person you are. Like, if you really value 
thematic explorations of sex and body, the body kind of like, you know, Cronenberg name that gets tossed around a lot here. Um, <laughs> and you love that visual style. I feel like based on what I know of this game, that will carry you to the end and you'll love it. But if you're looking for a video game, it sounds kind of insufferable, like you were saying. And uh, I've also heard that the game is really buggy and has a terrible checkpoint system, which is not something I'm super psyched about. Having to have, mm. having suffered through Cult of the Lamb, which uh, oh my a, god, yeah, <laughs> Cult of the Lamb is a lovely game, but it was buggy and it had a terrible save system, and I had to restart the game from the beginning after like a six hour playthrough so like that's that, just game, that game's an experience that game was an experience yeah <laughs> <laughs> did you have the same problems uh the main issues i had were the village like a lot of the bugs i encountered were with the village and the villagers for one not being consistent and their moods being impossible to control yeah like impossible to micromanage the village because you'd come back and they would be happy then you would leave and suddenly one of them would be dissenting and it's like I, I yeah, hmm. um, fun yeah. fun game, fun 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 Binding of Isaac like game. But honestly, there was a little too many mechanics going on in that game. You see, hmm. like the I was okay with the mechanics. It was just the game just crashing all the fucking time, and like I just with score when I hear that. that. Oh, that's good. Hmm. I think it was mainly a console thing. But going back to score, and that's just unappealing to me. So I, I'm still gonna try it, but I'm a little nervous, a little apprehensive. Is is it a shooter? Is it a combat game? Is it a puzzle it's, game? It might be, it's a. It's not a shooter. It's so there may end up being some shooting, but is it? What's not. the main mechanic? Is it discovery the main mechanic? Is it? I puzzles? fucking missed, dude. It's it's a puzzle game. Yeah, I uh, would compare it to. I would say if you were to have a marriage between Bioshock One and Mist, I think Mist is a good comparison. Bioshock One and Mist. So okay. you get these combat mechanics but they are not necessarily important. And then the importance of the game is walking around and, but again, then it's missing the depth of mist mists selling point, which I'm actually going to talk about Mist later is, is in the depth of the game, like the observational skills, like we talked about with the council and the other games, like with those puzzles, this game does not have that. It's literally, Oh, here's a, a console I need to activate. Okay. The console is missing three parts. I'm going to find those three parts eventually. Mm. And that's basically the puzzle in the game. The like, majority yeah. of the puzzles in the game. Again, I've, I've only watched gameplay, so I, I might be talking out of my ass, but watching the gameplay, I was able to see that the majority of the encountered puzzles... Are there any box puzzles? There are not. Kind of. That, like, that, your box that, boxes. No? It, There's a lot of watching animations, like, and you're going to have to, like, oh, I fucked up, so I have to watch this animation finish, and then i got to go move this thing. not be a Kevin game. Just the majority, the majority of the puzzles in the game are like you come up to a console and the console's missing parts. You have to find the parts of the console. You so put them in, and and yeah. like like Aaron said, if you activate the console too soon, you have to watch like a 15 second animation, and the and then the animation fails because the console is not complete. So then you have to, yeah, it's yeah. I don't know if this is a game the majority of the gameplay is, second, is that. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, the graphics look cool, but I think I'll uninstall. I don't need to play. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. You could watch like a 4K video of someone who knows how to beat it play, and that might give you every. Because I feel like it's it's basically an art art installation game, which I'm totally cool with. But like, you okay. may get everything you need from watching someone else play it. 
that's one of the main reasons I was watching gameplay instead of actually buying because yeah. I was like, oh, I want to know what this game is going to be like. Because at first I was yeah. kind of imagining either a Silent Hill or a Bioshock type game, and then instead it's kind of just puzzle after puzzle after puzzle after puzzle, and they're not fun in my opinion. I was hoping it was going to be like uh, the old Prey, or you're like you're this you're on this like alien dimension. And you have all these weird alien guns, and you fight weird alien things. Nothing. It's so abstract and weird. You you get some abstractness, like I said, but it's not really rewardingly abstract. It's more like, why the hell didn't I know that? Like, what? Uh, I, I didn't even know there was an inventory. Yeah. I didn't even know there was an inventory. I didn't even know I could heal myself. Like, you you hit, hit like there was mm. literal moments that I watched where the player was like, oh, I can heal myself if I press this button, and the game never gave you any context to know that. Could be fun with a guide. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. If you if you like uh, Giger esque or Cronenberg esque, I do. Kind of settings, I do. I do. That's you, like. Uh... <laughs> yeah, but like you shouldn't play this game. You should just play Returnal. Returnal has. Yeah. That, oh fuck so. yeah. Returnal's yeah. Way yeah. Returnal. Yeah. Woo. See, See when Returnal. You were. It's additive, right? It's not we just copying. Yeah. Right. I was thinking of Doom Three with all its biomechanical build. Like it looks. It has like. It doesn't look only Geiger. But it definitely mm. evokes Geiger. But it's yeah, the game, also the game doing its kind own of thing. Is like Doom Three actually a lot in, in a way, like the Doom, like the three D Doom, right? Like the the first like like weirdly three D Doom. Yeah, it, it kind of reminded me of that. Yeah, and the old Doom games also was Geigery, but like it wasn't only Geigery. It had just elements. Yeah, yeah, Geigery maybe. I'm, I'm gonna yeah. keep what, saying Geiger because I think I'm gonna be on the right side of history by calling him Geiger. Okay. You guys are gonna look dumb. I said Geiger. I, I'll, I'll, I'll get over it. It's a wild. I'll get over it. It's a Geiger counter, but HR Geiger. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Why? Have you, you ever think seen, they, um, Do you think they named Geiger counters after Geiger? Get out! Get the fuck out! Have here. you ever seen Mission Hill? It's this like no. cartoon that was made by the Simpsons guys. Uh, yeah. I, 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 the first episode yeah. with the main character is drinking this beer called Gruberhoff, and he keeps calling it Gruger Geiger. <laughs> like drunkly rolling around on the floor. He's all like, Goober Geiger? <laughs> I keep thinking every time we say Geiger. Gruber Geiger. Gruber Geiger. Gruberhoff. Gruberhoff. Uh, okay, well, that was actually more conversation about Scorn than I anticipated, but but good shit, guys. Uh, let's talk about Grounded. Oh. What's it like to play Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the video game? That is That is the most poignant way to put this game, is... <laughs> So I, I I bought this game in early access like way like probably two or two years ago at least two plus years ago, before the pandemic and I, I was pretty stoked like the, the the movie that this game definitely harkens from quite a lot like pulls a lot of its inspiration from was something that I liked as a kid it's a fun movie I think we've all watched it at least majority of us from our generation and it was cool to see a game like that like a survival game just like. When Subnautica was first announced, I, the reason I jumped on that game was like, holy crap, a unique survival game that's not just stuck in a forest of cannibals or like stuck in this weird place with a bunch of creepy monsters. Like, this is something that's different and unique. And Grounded was that. It it has the kind of cartoony, family-friendly attitude that the movie has with also the atmospheric horror and isolation that the movie also has. And... It's it does it quite well, and th watching the game throughout the developmental process was interesting too because a lot has changed. But overall, it's I say stylistically, it really nails what it wants to do. Like the game is set in I think 1990, so as opposed to 1989, which is what the original movie was. 
and it kind of it's kind of a bastardization of every element from the movie in terms of plot wise so you have this you tame an ant you as, <laughs> as far as i've gone so far you cannot do that um, um are the ants in the movie like their friend so the, ants. so the the, the, the one the one thing this game I'll, I'll just hit this point right off the bat because the one thing this game does not do as well as the movie did is consistency of scale which is which i'm mentioning because if if you were to be a normal sized person in this game then spiders like a wolf spider would be the size of your hand literally mm. you would you would have spiders that could eat you in your sleep yeah as a normal sized human being so this game doesn't quite nail the accuracy of like what your scale would be comparatively so there's some moments of the game where you're like I'm standing next to a, a carton of milk, and oh, it looks really big. But then a spider approaches you, and the spider's about the same size as the carton of milk. And so I'm I'm sorry, but that's terrifying, and if it it's a little silly too. The game kind of fails on that part, whatever. But moving on to other aspects of the game, again, stylistically, it has this kind of cool cartoony design. It's very indicative of Unreal Engine 4. It's it's built on it like we mentioned that before, Kevin. It's built on that engine, and honestly, it's pretty damn beautiful. It's a really really attractive game. It looks really good, like from the god rays to the water to the little minute details on the, on the ground. That it, it it really evokes the feeling of being small, and I think it does a really cool job of that. And, and it's in the atmospherically, the game really pulls you into that. And the plot is is kind of interesting. Like I remember playing the game in early access, and there was zero plot. You were just plopped into this game, and you walked around. There, there was no damn reason to be there. And then suddenly, a few updates later, there was like a, a, you talked to a robot, and the robot told you a bunch of weird bullshit. And a few updates later, the robot said completely different stuff. So I've seen the plot change quite a lot. And the way it is now, it's it's quite good. Um, it has a lot of elements of Subnautica. Like I would say, this game mm -hmm. is, if anything, a Subnautica-like. Like it, it takes everything from the material collection collecting to the the plot progression to the enemy progression to the, the the only thing this game has that Subnautica didn't is combat. Honestly, I think that's one of Subnautica's bad elements, in my opinion. But you know that that's a debatable. Not having combat or the the. <laughs> I would have liked. Combat. I would have liked Subnautica to have an option for combat, in my opinion. I, I mean, you I, can ta attack fish with a knife, with with a dagger. Yeah, you can fucking stab. We should mention though that Grounded is is actually one of the few uh, Xbox exclusives for this year. This game is 1.0 full release. Yeah, like what three weeks ago, four weeks this, ago, so uh, on, on the 27th, out yeah. of early access. Yeah. Wait, so is, is is this the only AAA survival game? Uh, is the pirate no. game a survival game? Not, the rare it's, one it's adjacent it's not i don't, I don't I know if it's yeah. the only but it's definitely one of, it's like one of the biggest ones that's come out in a while like yeah. it's it, i don't this know if this, is a triple a or not so maybe, maybe no. that would be this this game has made a lot of you know i mean it's it's developed by a, a company that we all obsidian i mean we, we all know and love obsidian like it's developed yeah. by someone we care about and, and enjoy their stuff and again their their attention to detail and quality shows here and unlike what we said before with unreal engine being kind of whatever it is like it works very well in this game this game is glitchy though um i've mm. played i played full release i played quite a bit of it and combat going back to mentioning it in comparison to subnautica is one of this game's weaker points it's not terrible but 
the glitchiness of the game, especially when you're playing multiplayer, when you're playing with other people, combat is a bit of a chore because for one, the game has latency issues a lot of the time. Uh, if you're online, or if, just if, if you're playing, solo. if you're playing online, if you're playing online, okay. Uh, solo, solo gameplay is fine in, in terms of that, yeah. uh, but combat can be because the enemies tend to hop around a little bit, and it's more in a sense of like, especially the spiders. So you, bu <laughs> you, you build a structure, and the spiders can can bite you through through the walls of your structure, like clip mm. it, clipping uh, through the walls, and that that's frustrating. That to me is frustrating. That's a survival game if I've ever heard of one. Yeah, and the it, it it also brings it also brings the other like there's not a lot of bad points in this game that I care to mention, but the other one is honestly the spiders. This game it, like this game is like infamous for the arachnophobic effect it has on players, which is cool. It's fine because it honestly spiders are spiders. People are scared of them. Personally, I'm not, but they're they're cool. The spiders are, are the spiders are intense. They're really are aggressive. More spiders than dying apparently. That would make sense. So there, this game has a very amusing anti-arachnophobia setting you can use which basically turns the spiders into like a ball of play-doh and it's <laughs> it, it's kind of it's it's funny it's funny but um the downside is still that the spiders don't make the game fun mm. the spiders are very commonly encountered from beginning to whatever point in the game you're on yeah and they just steamroll you every single time so from mm. when you start the game to whatever point you're at, you're just you're pretty much getting steamrolled by some form of spider. Whether it's a it's a it's a web it's a like web spider uh, or a wolf spider or a those goddamn underwater spiders, and the game just has the spiders are not really fun to fight because at those points in the game when you're encountering them, you can't really fight back, and it's a bit of a problem. Ben, let me ask you a question. Just yeah. to to put this clear, because we're going to talk more about survival games here. What is the basic loop? What do you do in this game in, in the moment to moment? What is your basic goal structure? So the goal structure, of course, is the it, you know it comes down to the survival aspect, you know, thirst and food. But those are rather easily dealt with, uh, assuming you're playing the game well. The plot of the game, the game has a good plot, which is what, which is what I was mentioning earlier, is that the game's, the plot of the game does actually drive you forward. You do want to play the game to figure out the plot, which is kind of Subnautica-like in, in that, that regard, um, because there's a lot of mystery, there's a lot of intrigue, especially intrigue, as you start to even find some political elements of the game, like political intrigue in the game that, honestly, you wouldn't associate with a game where you're playing as, like, a shrunken teenager in a backyard, and... Hmm. It, it it's a it's a very good hook and i i think that's a it's it's a great drive in the game because once you finish your first place which is basically the hedge then suddenly you 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 open up to these other ones you can go to you have you have the pond you have the sandbox you have the toxic area you have the trash pile you have the wood pile it it goes on and on and all of these things are tied into the plot and they all have lots of juicy tidbits you can learn about the plot by going to them hmm. It's fun. The plot is cool. It's interesting, and I think it's a great driving force. But in terms of a survival game, the hunger and thirst meter is basically the only thing that kind of keeps you consistently doing something. And what about gathering and crafting and like building structures, right? Because this is an open world survival game, is. and you're basically put into a hostile environment, and you have to sort of like use the environment to 
create safe spaces and keep yourself fed and, and progress through the game. So like I mentioned with the spiders, the spiders are a, an immediate issue, which is definitely yeah, by design. Uh, I, got, because, I got spidered. Yeah, and you, you that's by design. Like you, you want to build a structure. It's kind of like Minecraft when you first start. Like you're going to get attacked by those damn zombie things or Terraria. And so you want to build a structure. So mm -hmm. you do that. Grounded, Grounded has a great variety of structures. You start with like grass walls, you move up to stem walls, you move up to stone, etc. Like you keep going and building is fun in this game. It's 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 not it's actually better than Subnautica, which I thought had a great building mechanic. It you could do a lot of variety, you can do a lot of customization, and you can kind of bend the rules of reality to get the exact structure you want. And mm. I th I think that's a great boon to the game. Like I think that makes it it makes it a lot of fun to build something. Yeah. And it's kind of like Valheim. It's actually a very similar to Valheim's building mechanic, and I I think it's I think that was one of Valheim's strong points was the building mechanics were fun, and yeah I mean so it, this game has that, but the crafting in terms of that you, there's a lot of variety in weapons, there's a lot of variety in armor. Every enemy you fight, more or less, will have an armor associated with them, mm -hmm. and the armors all have set bonuses. They have environmental bonuses, and they're worth it. And the game. Also, an another bit of a weak point is that the durability system is a major bitch. Mm. I, I actually, for all of my gameplays, especially since playing from the beginning of the developmental process, the dur durability thing has become more and more difficult as they updated the game, and it honestly became worse in my opinion. The last mm. time I played with it activated, I was spending so much time finding these ridiculously obscure materials to fix my items that did not require them to be made that I was no longer having fun playing the game. Mm. So the, these past few times I've played the game, I've turned off the durability mechanic and I've had a thousand times more fun than I did with it on. I, I honestly think that's that mechanic could use a bit of adjustment. Yeah, that's how I felt about the, the hunger and thirst in Subnautica. Like I, I agree. was just like, I'm better with that off. It's, something about these survival games is that some of the mechanics can start to feel like mandatory busy work and you can yeah. sometimes feel like you're spinning 20 plates and you got to keep them all going and um i think there's a sweet spot on like the number of plates to keep spinning uh i, I fully agree yeah. on that like subnautica definitely especially with the thirst thirst meter like that was a big issue in subnautica and it was a, it was a pain in the ass like grounded i feel like resources are a little more readily available so it's not it's not such a gut punch but there are moments in the game, especially when you're in plot areas, when you're in story areas that you you have to go to, like they're kind of, they're almost like dungeons. You have to really get into them and they're long. And if you don't have stuff with you, it's, you're basically fucked and you're just dying. You, you can't, you, I've, I've gotten caught, I've become caught in loops of just dying over and over again because of my resource needs, because I've been in, in mm -hmm. a story place where I literally cannot get more resources. And again, I think that's just, it's a bit of a gut punch to the player. Like yeah, you should, you should not annoying. punish the player for being in a place where they have to be and being unable to get to resources by just repeatedly killing them from thirst or hunger. And that it, it's, you can get past it, but it's, it, it, the game does have weaknesses in that regard. But as far as in comparison to some other survival games, I think it's not so bad. I don't think it's the worst I've seen. Yeah. Also worth noting that this game has a fully, um, crafted handcrafted world right so like a lot of yeah. the modern survival games come from the school of i guess there's like two schools of thought there's the the minecraft school of thought where you get a procedural generation with different biomes and you can explore them and, and you'll never know what you're going to find and then there's the handcrafted subnautica type world that yep. unfolds and maybe a more 
generally linear, like a really wide linear direction. And you keep going deeper and deeper into different pockets of the world and finding different stuff. And, and there's more of an, uh, more encounter design, I think in those type of games. And how are you finding this in that in grounded? Just like I mentioned the style of the game being stunning and beautiful and easily enjoyable to the eye. It, the, the world is fun to explore. There is, yeah. it, it is handcrafted. Again, th that is the subnautica aspect of the game as well. And it feels great. Like, Exploring the world feels fun. It, traversing the world feels fun. Like I, I commented on the combat being a little janky at times. Traversing wise, the game it's fun to jump from. Like you can climb on top of the blades of grass and jump from one to another to get across the grass. That is fun. And it's fun. Yeah. You can you can climb on the clovers. Do that. You can climb on anything in the game basically, and it and that's fun. And the world has so much detail to find in it. It's kind of the, it's kind of also like the comparison between. Morrowind Oblivion and Skyrim like which one had the most like detail and handcrafting to it because Oblivion felt very repetitive Skyrim felt mm. very repetitive a and these are more opinions of mine but yeah it's this game has a lot of detail and a lot of hand placed visual storytelling that is it, it, you couldn't have a generated world because of it the, the, the game mm. tells its story based on the way it was built and it's very effective and it's fun to explore there's a lot of really cool environmental obstructions, environmental like things to look at that make it fun. That you you want to find more. Like you you, you come across a a, a, a giant jack o' lantern, which is I think a, a seasonal item. You you, you come mm. across a, a a giant hot dog in the ground. You you come across. Like, Can you the, take a the, bite of the hot dog? Because I, I was enjoying drinking the sodas that I found on the ground. You cannot. I felt the, a little gross about it. The hot dog, <laughs> the hot dog is not harvestable, but okay. there are like you can find a cookie. You can find like Oreo cookies. You, I th I'm pretty sure you can harvest those. You can also oh, that's, that's straight out of the movie, there, right? Yeah. There's another uh, har <laughs> there's another um, seasonal item. You can find some candy corn. You can also harvest that. The mm. game the game has honestly it's kind of subnautica but better like this game has so much so much more subnautica but better in terms wow. of wrong like, words on in terms of, of harvestable yeah. in terms of harvestables there's okay. so much to harvest in this game and that, that that gives you as a player a lot of incentive to increase your items to build better items because there's so much subnautica you you, you is a very deep game once you've harvested the, the the final type of gem, the final type of metal, like that's kind of it. Like there's not much more variety than that, and that's not oh, wow. a, that's not a bad thing. It's just the way the game mm -hmm. is. This game has a lot of variety because of the setting. Like you're yeah. tiny in a in a backyard that's full of garbage, so there's a lot of different garbage to find, and it all requires different levels of. You have to have this level of a mallet. You have to have this level of a pickaxe. And it's very it's it's rewarding. Like you find the cookie, you can't harvest it until you have a level two mallet. You find a candy corn, you can't harvest it until you have a level three mallet. You know, for instance, like right. And and you the get classic these, progression. Yeah, and and there's a lot yeah. of it. Like there's a lot of very unique okay. items like that that are fun to find. And it's all very it feels very hand placed. Everything feels very detailed. I like that. Then that leads me to one last question before we segue into our topic of the week, which will be related. Uh, do you recommend people play this game online or on a single player solo experience? Like, what do you think is the optimal? A lot of my experience with this game has lag? been with a single player because yeah. I, I, especially during the developmental process, but now that it's fully released, I have friends that also own it and I've been playing it online just as much. Okay. I enjoy, 
besides the latency issues, I, which I, I don't know whether to attribute to servers or what, but besides some of those issues, like the game is very fun to play online and it is very okay. rewarding to play online. Like it, there's a lot of encounters, like I mentioned with the spiders, as well as the, the, the game has bosses as well. There are bosses yeah. in the game and it's much more fun to do those things with other players. And it is very rewarding to just like Valheim, like yeah. fighting the Can bosses in Valheim. your character to like different, like, or do you have to start from scratch? Each character is tied to the, the specific save. Okay, that's that. That makes sense, but that is that is that is a little bit of a bummer. Um, it is it is too bad. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's. Uh, Oren, tell me something. How many times have you uh, broke a wheel or died of dysentery? <laughs> um. Well, when I was playing Oregon Di- Trail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. W- Building off this conversation about Grounded, which which is which is a modern survival game, we want to talk about the genre of survival games. Um, what do you see that to be, Oren? So here's the thing: I'm actually not really a survival person, <laughs> believe it or not. Uh, I don't really play that many survival games, but my sense of what a survival game kind of comes down to, um, like the Oregon Trail or or the worst parts of the Re- of Red Dead Redemption Two. It's like you have a bunch of meters that you need to fill up or maintain, whether it's thirst, hunger, etc., and you have to build and craft and sometimes fight minions to maintain that. Uh, I think the closest that I come to playing a survival horror game recently is Sea of Thieves, because Sea of Thieves, you have to maintain your ship, you have to mm. repair it if there's a hole in the hull. Hole in the hull, that's a weird, that's like a tongue twister almost. Um, you have to collect, you know, you have to feed yourself if you have, you know, like there's there's different mechanics in that game that you could call a survival. But that, as a total layman to the, jo- to the genre, it's really about filling up meters is my sense. Okay. I, I think you're not, I think that that is a, that's a description that I think loses some of the, you know, like I, I think that a good survival game is more than the sum of filling up meters. But there's some truth to that. Like, like the survival game, I guess, is 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 like is, you know, basic to video games, as as anything else. Because you know, survival as humans is is just kind of a a basic struggle that we've all gone through. But when we talk about survival game to, uh, survival games today, a lot of the time we're thinking of this sort of Minecraft mold. Um, Big open worlds with lots of sandbox gameplay, crafting, survival systems, possibly meters for thirst and hunger and sleep and things like that. But um, but also lots of cooperative play. I think that the modern survival game has really taken over the mantle of the sandbox MMO, something like Ultima Online or even EVE. Like That kind of gameplay has been put into smaller, more cooperative spaces. What do you guys think? Devin, you sleeping? No, I'm just I'm just thinking about it. I'm just like trying to find like when I think of survival game, I think of low frame rate glitches and then eating, <laughs> eating food. Low frame rate glitches and then eating. Well, low well, frame rate uh, glitches. Well, you know why? The reason why is because in the 2010s, a ton of early access survival games hit Steam. That's my first thought of when I think of survival game. I don't think survival game actually oh, yeah. is. A bad, I, I actually really like the genre a lot. Subnautica, I think, is an incredible like 10 out of 10 game that everyone should play. Um, but I, I my my thought when I think of the genre is like a bunch of buggy games because there was a bunch of them that happened had all happened all at once. But I'm like, that what is, does the genre actually mean? 
I think of like an open world sandbox game with some level of personal progression, like player progression, but also discovery is definitely part of the gameplay too, like open world games. Like that's like a big element of it is discovery. But exploration, yeah. Exploration. I I don't know. I'm like I don't really know what it means. Like like what you're saying is it sounds like it's like a it's like another chunk of the RPG, you know, pen and paper system rolled into like cuz that's kind of like what a lot of games can be like pieces of pieces of role-playing games like pieces of that simulation of like you know a world into something but hmm. when i i don't know i'm like what style of games do i really like I, this terraria style game there's no hunger or yeah this, no try is a survival game no try my favorite survival game if that's the case easily. yeah um and then subnautica probably some people say death stranding is a survival game i don't know if that's really true stalker or, yeah is stalker a survival game yeah like, well, soccer's it, like, like more of like an immersive sim and FPS. Yeah. I don't know. I just always think of like hunger meters. <laughs> That's like the first thing I think of when right. I think of them. <laughs> well, I think that that I think you, of uh, like, yeah. Well, what are the staples of the genre, Aaron and Ben? Because I feel like you two are more well versed in it. Because like when I think of it, I think of like. Don't Starve or Terraria. Yeah. But Do, don't Starve yeah. is the first thing on my mind, too. I agree. Yeah. 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 I can't think Hunger of the meters. other ones, though. Don't really. Starve is like Hunger Meter the game. I mean, it's in the title. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, let's let's go over it. Because this IGN list you posted is pretty good. But I think Minecraft is, is, is obviously there. There's The Long Dark, The Forest, Valheim is probably my personal favorite, uh, Subnautica, No Man's Sky. Mm-hmm. Um... Mm. Grounded, Rust, games so like all that. of these. Game. All of these are project like the progenitor. Of this is Dwarf Fortress. Then ultimately, it's Dwarf Fortress, and Dwarf Fortress mm. is basically going for super in depth simulation, like a yeah. Like these are game. not that level of simulation, but but there's like systems and things people like need to eat and like live. Like it's like it's like it's like almost like adjacent to immersive sim. Because there's let like me, systems in place. Kind of. Let, let me present some pillars and Ben and you guys tell me what you think. I think that exploration is a huge thing. Some kind of uh, base building is, is, is almost mandatory for at least the, the kind of games we're talking about. Obviously, there's less of that in something. Or there's none of that in Stalker and there's there's limited amounts of that in um, Death Stranding. But uh, yeah, so exploration, base building, uh, crafting, some kind. It doesn't have to have hunger meters or sleep meters. I mean, I, I, I kind of prefer they don't have that stuff um and so, yeah some kind of mechanical progression where as you dig deeper into the world you become stronger mechanically right it's not these aren't usually like skill this is not you know a competitive shooter where you become better because your flick shots become better this is a game where you become better because your axe is stronger it's, it's equipment progression yeah yeah that's yeah. the terraria minecraft piece mm-hmm. a terraria is like way more much more of that yeah yeah I mean, so so the thing that I also noticed the thing too, though, like you can also improve some skills in Terraria. That's true, actually. Magic too. Yeah. Um, Go ahead, dude. The um, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I I don't know. So sorry, I, I'm sorry. I had it. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Well, well, here's another thing that I think these games that, that's that's kind of an important pillar of these games, and why I think that Sea of Thieves while not a survival game, is is very adjacent, right? Yeah. Is that these games are big on player stories, right? Like when I think about the what I, when I think back to 
my time with Minecraft, right? The 500 hours or whatever I played Minecraft 10 years ago. When I think of the, you know, 200 hours I put in Valheim or even, uh, what's it called? The, the space game, No Man's Sky. I think about experiences that I had that have nothing to do with the authored narrative. I think about me and Kevin and Kyle sailing for three hours, trying to find this boss going around all these continents and getting lost and, you know, Kevin dying and then us having to get his body back. And just this, there's like a full arc to the play experience that like arc, I could recount. Pun intended. Oh shit. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but that, that, uh, Right, like the player story is a huge, is another huge pillar of these, right? And I think mm-hmm. that that's that's something that like uh, Sea of Thieves does so well is like you could talk about, hey, the time that we went to all the islands to collect twenty explosive barrels and then suicide bombed a bunch of other ships, you know, mm-hmm. like like just weird shit you could do because of the sandbox nature of the game. A little like English kids, like little ten year olds, oh, that was <laughs> well, their ship. That's pretty good, yeah. Poor guys. <laughs> I know, poor, poor kids. Like I don't like griefers. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, PvP game. So the other thing I think, Starlight Games. Here's the thing I think that a big player of Starlight Games, like the work, like harvesting materials, cutting trees down, digging, take getting coal, like resource, like like refining materials into more materials, like resource that, gathering, yeah, resource yeah, gathering sure. and like refining and then like building, like that is a big survival element. It's like yeah. that. That's like a huge part of the gameplay loop. Mm-hmm. And stuff. on top of that, the work needs to be simple and quick, I think is the key. Because the worst survival games are the games, like when I think of like Red Dead Redemption 2, which is not a survival game, but has survival mechanics, it feels one, unnecessary, but two, like too much work. Like petting the horse, the animation's like too long. Uh, you, you know, like kill, oh, <laughs> killing <God>. an animal <laughs> and then skinning it, it just takes too long to do and see at these it's quick it's like repairing the ship is like three seconds and i think yeah. that's a key to, to, to good so, survival games i agree with you that's the problem i have with valheim is you have to like schlep the metal over to the thing and then you have to like watch it slowly uh, like pop out like one at a time and it takes like it's a whole so process and like some people might thing, like that for me yeah. that is like just brain numbingly boring like doing that hmm. stuff watching paint so. dry uh, yeah. I don't love the smelting, but the like recovering ore. So like Valheim has a mechanic where you can fast travel, but you can't fast travel with the most valuable items. Mm-hmm. So you may have to travel like a half hour away and then take all that stuff and protect it on the way back. That is really fun. The smelting, not so fun. I appreciate no. it, but I find it to be very tedious and frustrating. <laughs> like it's it's too it's like I get I yeah. it, it means a I just get disconnected. The amount of times I've had my wagons just smashed by trolls is I just I. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it be, I, I think the game specifically spawns more enemies when you're pulling wagons behind you, because fuck you, that's why. Like, <laughs> it's, They're like, you got silver? Oh. Oh, Where? man. Oh, yeah, the, the, the amount of just crushed wagons and corpses of my character just strewn in the forest, yeah. 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 So <clears throat> mundane work is part of them, and I think it can be really fun, it can, and it can not be fun. I think it can, it can be both. Depends the mechanics, the, the mechanics of a survival game can be, yeah, be both extremely rewarding, extremely fun, or they can turn about face on you and just smack you yeah. in the face. Kind, kind of like I said with Grounded, where you get stuck in these loops of being killed by the, 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 the need to, to drink or eat, or, or by mm-hmm. spiders. But like once you die, like if you have durability turned on, guess what? Your weapon's yeah. now broken. Your helmet's now broken. It's kind of like World of Warcraft, where you just get stuck in this death loop where everything is fucking broken, and guess what? You're fucked. And it's survival games can really 
lean like teeter on the edge if like a player just has a bad luck run it can kind of screw up their entire experience for a while and that that's kind of a risk reward thing i guess but at the same time i think it's one of the weaker aspects of a survival type of game because it can turn off a lot of players yeah, I mm-hmm. think the resource thing actually. I'm like, I was talking. My friend was telling me I, we were talking about Subnautica, or not Subnautica. Uh, this is Space Game No Man's Sky when it first came out, and he was like, "Man, like that game was pitched to like be exploring worlds and like flying around, like meeting aliens and all these crazy things." And he's like, "What did I spend all my time doing? Looking at the ground with a laser gun, going, and it's like, you got that right. <laughs> yep, <laughs> like yep. how much of No Man's Sky was like harvesting crap, like for for not in any fun, cool way. And you're not like, even finding anything cool. Like half the time you're just, just harvesting. I know it's rock. like totally mundane. Like that mechanic is it has to be done right. In my yeah. opinion, Subnautica did it well. I, like you hard, you don't have to really do it that much. Like you have to do it if you want to build. But like yeah. really, you don't have to do a lot of harvesting in that game. Like it's there's some but... Re- resource finding in Subnautica was fun, and that that's why I compared. Yeah, that's why I compared Grounded to Subnautica is because the resource finding in Grounded is fun. That's what makes the game fun, is it's fun to find things. It's rewarding. Like, you'll find little holes in the ground, you swim through them or climb through them, and you come across some really cool stuff. And it's all based on how ob- observant you are. And that, that to me, that is the reward. That's the reward of being in a survival game, because you just find something really cool. Uh, another thing I would even say is just like a staple of this genre, and we've been alluding to it this whole time but just i think usually simple graphics are usually associated with this genre which is weird because i feel like when you think survival game your brain goes to realism but i think maybe it's because it's all it was based in the progenitors were based in early access the indie scene you see a lot of simplicity in the in the graphics That's oh, why yeah. I think like Obsidian, I'm like that's like the only AAA dev I could think of that's made this. Right. I, mean, I guess Ark would be the other one. Ark and and uh, Grounded are the two AAA. Like, every other game is like an indie game, aren't they? Like every other single one. I like. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, yeah, they all are. Like even Subnautica, like that's a mod dev team. Like those guys who made yeah. after selection. So, uh, Grounded looks great. I mean, they, they do have simple graphics. I do think that like uh, is Fallout seventy six a travel game? Yes. Yes. Okay. That's another one. So that's AAA. Mm. There you go. And Conan Exiles is true. I'd say fun concept. Oh yeah, yeah. Or Double I A. I don't know. They're close enough. Double A. Okay. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. hmm. and yeah. Let's not forget about RuneScape. There's a lot of resource gathering in that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I do feel like this this genre like has roots in in sandbox MMOs, not World yeah. of Warcraft games, but like like the sandbox games, and and it's it's probably one of my favorite genres for for co op these days. But I've been having a lot of fun with it. I, I love Valheim. Like, there's just something about the way that that the algorithm works because it's a procedurally generated world that I find very like I don't see the Matrix. I know Kevin, you've said that you don't find it as convincing, but like Not at something all. about like coming across, coming over a, a mountain range and seeing a river and just it's 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 really beautiful. I think. I, I think I talked about Valheim in like an earlier podcast we did, and like my, one of my comments was that the procedural generation of the world is really good. Like mm-hmm. the forests, you especially notice it in the forests where like the way the trees are leaning. Like I, if you've gone for a hike in a forest, you see all of this extreme chaos that that just happens naturally. And Valheim right. does a very good job generating that. <laughs> like the way the trees lean on each other, cluster around each other. It looks, it's convincing, and I think it's a very beautiful, beautifully generated game for having zero human intervention. 
it's it's mm-hmm. very i think it's very good and valheim is fun to explore that, that's one of the best parts of the game is i think it's a very rewarding game to explore like you come yeah. across a new biome you come across if you're sailing in the water there's some really cool things you can find in the water and you know i, I won't spoil anything but there's some really cool stuff to find in that world and i think it's very effective at that yeah yeah uh Oren, do you have any thoughts about survival games? What do you think as, as sort of an outsider? Like, how does how does all of this wash over you? It's not really a genre for me, to be honest. I think, like, as I said at the top, Sea of Thieves is the closest one, but I just mm-hmm. don't find survival games particularly gratifying, and I don't know why. Maybe it has to do with the fact that I'm... A lot of survival games have kind of like a Steam, like a base in Steam. It has like a Steam community around it. And I just don't feel yeah. compelled. Like as someone who doesn't use that platform as much as, say, Game Pass, that could be part of it. Uh, but I, I don't know. Like also the people who I usually play co-op games with, they're more like shooter guys. So we'll either play mm. shooters or Sea of Thieves. Those are like the two games we play. So that could be it it could be the people you surround yourself with because a lot of people who are more casual gamers just love survival games so they play grounded they play terraria they play minecraft they play don't starve so that Mm. could be it too because you were saying too aaron that a lot of these games are kind of based in a social experience um at least the modern type of it is so that could be it too all right well, survival games, uh, check them out, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Valheim's coming to Game Pass and Xbox pretty soon. And No Man's Sky just got a huge update, which is supposed to be really cool. I'd like to check that out. Have you tried No Man's Sky, Orn? You see, every time I try to play it, I just get uh-huh. super bored. And super I, th- bored. I think I just need to find the right people to show me the way, because that's what happens. just play Subnautica instead. It's way better. Yeah, just play Subnautica, Subnautica Yeah, yeah but, like, Subnautica, try it again. Yeah. Uh, 60 oh, fps yeah. and get the proper experience of that game because it's it's like actually scary and has like a lot of good horror it's like actually a really good survival horror game and detail and, yeah and detail yeah. and the world discovering the world this discovery as a mechanic is like incredible in that game that's like one of the best worlds it's like so it's it's way better no man's sky is fun but just, that, i mean I, i've had the same experience as Orin with no no man's sky it's like it's 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 a seemingly great game with all this potential and possibility and ooh spaceships but i just get so damn bored whenever i play it like i just i yeah. i don't get a I lot of gratification i don't get a lot of gratification out of the game yeah. i tried to play it a lot i played it with you a little bit kevin i tried to, yeah. to get other friends to play it and it just fell flat for me yeah. even even after the updates i hmm. i've tried so many times like i want to love it i want to love it i'm like oh this is gonna be the game that i love and it eh. yeah it's okay it's cool yeah. i don't I've hate had it fun but it definitely had fun it can get boring, it just worth it quickly for me yeah you know, I played for like 50 uh, hours, so maybe it didn't wear thin quickly, but wore thin. Yeah, I think I played it for a similar amount of time. I, I will say that like the procedural generation in that game, you see the Matrix much sooner. Like yeah. Maybe yeah. within oh, the first yeah. few hours. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, let's get to personal recommendations. Ben? Oh, like uh, yeah, I'll, I'll start off. Um, so I'm going to recommend an old classic that I feel like maybe you know people from our generation and before played and probably people from after have not played at all but missed the Mist series i've been recently nice. playing through it again as i played it as a kid i never finished it as a child because it's 
the classic game it's that you just hard. never never finish. Yeah. And but now as an adult, I went ahead and I played the original version, and I pl- I, I played the the remake 3D version, and enjoyed it immensely. Like I, mm. the puzzles as an adult made more sense to me. I was able to use the visual cues. I had my notes taken, and I was just enjoying the hell out of it. Then then I, w- I went to Miss Two. Honestly, a harder game. Mist uh, mm. One is basically child's play compared to Mist Two. You literally have to learn the lore language of the game in order to progress in it for Mist Two. But it is such an amazingly deep game, and the the ante of the puzzles is stepped up in such a dramatic way, but in such a pleasurably dramatic way that I enjoyed the hell out of it, despite being stumped for days on that game. And again, I had all these notes taken. I learned how to read the number system in the game, hmm. which was an incredibly rewarding experience, despite that might sound tedious. And now I'm I'm on to Miss Three, and again, Miss Three by far I think is the most user friendly one, because the puzzles are much more Tomb Raider esque in the sense where like, oh, I have to match the colors to this thing, and but it's it's still enough complication that you feel rewarded for for solving it, and. Honestly, I just I keep on getting impressed by this game. And as far as I'm aware, Mist 3 is the last of the classic Mists because after Mist 3 it turns into the the company kind of tried to action adventure the game. And mm. I and, and apparently that's kind of like what caused the game to go away. So, hmm. regardless of that, 1, 2 and 3 of Mist, this the series, it's a bizarre weird very 1990s styled game like torrens passage style game where it's just sierra style weird and i love it i love the live action cutscenes. i love the weird world that just makes zero sense until you really pay attention to it and take notes like it's so rewarding and honestly i think people if they haven't played it if they've only heard of it should give it a try awesome Awesome. I, re- I really want... I feel like I should get into the Miss games so bad because I know I'd love them. I just haven't gave myself the uh, pace, the, the time to do it. I feel like I just need to play through the first one. So I'm definitely... Dude, dude just, just have, have a beer, have have some snacks, and just like roll with it. It's super enjoyable. I gotta do it. All right. Uh, Kevin, you, what's, uh, what's new with you, man? Uh... <clears throat> I'm going to recommend uh, go back and play. If you like a franchise, go back and play the like Black Sheep of the franchise and see if it's still bad or not. Like, like Go back and give a reappraisal. Because sometimes, sometimes they can be okay. I replayed uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. That, was, that was still wasn't that good, but it was okay. <laughs> um, but I didn't play Resident Evil 6 with my girlfriend, and it's been very uh, so bad that it's good. Like I knew that it was bad. It's like kind of like a cheesy Michael Bay movie. Like everything blows up, and there's endless tunnels of, then crypts of just platforms and things to rocks to fall. Like they're just always falling and blowing up and shit. And just like stupid shit. They have like Leon has like the most hackneyed lines. Like constantly. Like he's just like reading through the, the dictionary of hackneyed lines, and it's pretty fun. Like it's been a fun kind of like just cheesy, good Halloween game. So uh, go back and uh, try try to do the reappraisal. Go play the uh, Duke Nukem Forever's or castlevania 2s or uh wow this list has last of us part two and worse sequels come on get the come fuck out of here come ouch. on ouch. come on that's uh that's that's a little harsh but uh by ioshock infinite's on here sorry Aaron. <laughs> you yeah, like that game that might be the game i would say don't replay that one <laughs> that, deserves, that, that game deserves to be cast at mount doom 
<laughs> wow. Wow. I don't know. Okay. Bad, don't know. Bioshock Infinite that. is a great shooter. Bad RPG, mm. but a great shooter. It's a solid shooter. It's a bad Bioshock game, but it's a solid shooter. I agree. Also, also, its politics are bad, but yeah. Mm. Everything about it's bad, but I agree the shooting is... <laughs> It's a shooter, for sure. What's the worst sequel you can think of? Top of your head. Like, what's the first thing you think of a sequel? What's a bad sequel? What's a bad sequel movie? Even what, Godfather Part 3? Yeah. That's a pretty bad sequel, yeah. Uh, as Star Wars after yeah. basically everything after Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> I'm trying to think of one that really but, disappointed but... me. Uh, well, Devil May Cry 2 is like infamous. Yeah. That one's... What about the uh, Ninja Theory Devil May Cry game? Like the reboot? The I DMC? heard it's good. I never played it. But I Dude, heard it's I, good. I tried. No, right. not good. They're writing. Oh, there's was... a lot of slow walking, wasn't there? Slow walking and Joss Whedon. So I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I got a good one. Perfect Dark Zero. Yeah, oh my god! Almost... Fuck that game. Dark oh my god! Perfect Dark Zero. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, I actually thought this is on this on my recommendation. I thought of retrying that game. Like, is it that bad? So is I, it that I, bad? As someone who was the right age for it when it came out, I didn't out, like it, and I played it through and through. Perfect Dark Zero is an awful game in terms of plot. The mechanics are kind of fun sometimes. The game has really fun, like, com like multiplayer combat, like, like you know, like original Perfect Dark. Like, you so play, that's like, how Resident Evil Six is. The co-op mechanics are really fun and yeah. really thought out and hilarious in RE Six. But the and, plot and, is like as dumb as can possibly be. Perfect Dark Zero is kind of like that. Like, you play multiplayer and you can get these little mechanical like mech bots you can fly around in on the levels on in multiplayer and it's in. I remember fighting against bots as that, and it was just so bizarre to see them like flying around shooting each other. I just found it very fun. Very fun. But the game yeah. itself, the plot is the most dumb thing I've ever played in my life. Even as a child, I thought mm. it was dumb. All right. Uh, well, play, play some bad games or maybe good bad, bad games. Uh, bad sequels, yeah. Uh, Oren, I, I like this one. I like what you've got on here. Watch I hope the... you're going to say on VHS. What? On VHS? <laughs> Watch on VHS, though. I feel like that's more of a video drone thing. Watch the original yeah. Hellraiser. It's great. It is way funnier than you think it is. That's one of my way. recommendations, remember? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. bringing yeah. it back because I rewatched it. So N nice. I'm, I'm not going to say much about it except that it strikes that balance of 80% horror and 20% comedy in a way that's very gratifying and intentional, too. It's a great That's kind of the comedy. best. So. That's like I Resident Evil totally right there. 80% totally horror, 20% comedy. That's like totally. <laughs> totally it's, agree with that one. Yeah. It's brilliant. I love it. That's that's my one. It's a great movie. Hmm. Um, I love it. Love the first Hellraiser. Clive Barker that's, did that's something there. Yeah, really that that is a special. Movie. I love the like close-ups of the flesh. It's like wriggling. It's like, <laughs> just like just, just like just like flesh that's been cut off. It's so disgusting. So good. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna quickly piggyback on Oren's double recommendation of Andor. Uh, holy shit! That that recent episode was. Uh, People should watch that show. That's that is a that's all I'm gonna say. It's worth uh, it. That's, it's worth watching. That's like, it's great. Yes, it's like Star okay. Wars that has like everything that you don't like about Star Wars is absent. Oh, like almost literally everything. There's no like stupid know, throwbacks to the old movies. There's no like there's cheesy no throwbacks. dialogue. There's no plot holes. People fucking die. Is there uh, no? Is there no Jedi? I like I like the Jedi, but they can. I haven't seen a single a Jedi. I haven't seen a stormtrooper. <laughs> Oh my god, that's yes. I just need a break from it, those, especially. The, it's yeah. uh, it it's fucking something, man. I I would say people should watch that. I've I've been really uh, trying to figure out if I want to watch it, so I I that that, that does it for me. I, I appreciate that. A grounded um, Star Wars show. I can't believe it. 
Yeah. Yeah. So but my real sure. recommendation is is the short story All Tomorrows by I believe the author's name is CM Kozman or that's his yeah, CM Kozman. Um it is a it's kind of a internet oddity as this guy published this when he was like twenty one as an ebook back in two thousand six and it just kind of like lived on on the internet and he forgot about it or he didn't forget about it but he stopped talking about it and it became like this sort of like circulated internet short story um sadly i never discovered it during that period but i bet mike knows about this maybe he even already recommended it but in any case um he's got that kind of arcane internet knowledge that i i deeply respect but I'm recommending a link, a, short, a reading by the YouTuber AltShiftX, which is a really good 40-minute reading. This is a short story about human history for the next billion years, and it is cosmic horror, body horror, uh, speculative fiction. It's it's really thought-provoking and interesting. The reading is about 40 minutes long, it, and it includes images because the author, the the ebook had. You could also just read the ebook if you prefer. Um, had images that kind of show the different stages of of the future, but it's it's both like intriguing, thought provoking, and really deeply horrifying at the same time. Uh, it's it. I was blown away by it, by how much I enjoyed it. It, it was just oof. Is this <laughs> the one with with octopus? Octopus. Okay, so no, it's not. Okay, because there, I remember reading like a futuristic cosmic horror one that involved octopus, and it's not that one. Okay. No. No. Um. Yeah, like basically this guy just kind of like speculates about what could happen in the future based on kind of like, you know, like logic, entropy and human evolution. And and, and he goes some pretty interesting places. So I, I definitely recommend checking that out. Um, all right. Well, nice. I think I think we're going to cut it under under two hours or high five. OK, thank you. Uh, Madden, we love you. In case you wonder why we say that. Uh, Madden or Sita is uh, is is our boy who per, who made the theme song at the beginning of every episode that you hear that is so awesome. Uh, I will link Madden's SoundCloud in the show notes. I think it's always there, but just so you know, why, if, in case you're wondering why we say that, because I guess we don't always explain why we say that. But yeah, check out Madden. Lots of great shit. Uh, I'll, I'll put up at the Bandcamp too, and uh, we'll be back. Hopefully, we might possibly take like a week off because i'm like i said i'm having a kid i'm gonna be busy but we're gonna try to keep try to keep the faith and uh we'll be back shortly and get ready for all kinds of game of the year and list making and arguments and fun shit oh yeah that's Uh, true yeah 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 so think about what games you guys want to play for your your what do you what do you i want to play immortality i got i got a list of stuff but immortality is pretty high on that yeah so think about that and We'll, we'll, we'll get together on that web form. Ben, thank you for being here. We, we appreciated you as always. It's good thank, catching up. Thank you guys for having me. I had a lot of fun. <laughs>